disco show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shooting facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. Slackers. Good morning. Wow. I feel like I haven't been here in two years. 87 years I haven't been here. I'm going to try to make it through the show without coughing my head off. I seem to be uh, unable to ch- to shake this um, this silly cold that just won't go away. I don't know if you've ever had a... The, uh, the cold from hell. <laughs> I, I, is that what they're calling it? I don't know what it is. It's a demon cold or something. I, I don't know. I got to give it a special name. But uh, I, I seem to have been unable to shake this thing for close to three months now. But over the last 10 days, it's just kicked my ass, man. I, I, I have to say it. It's just, it's just, it, it's knocked me down. Uh, I don't remember being unable to get out of bed uh, in my uh, adult life other than when I had COVID um, about a year and a half ago that I thought I was going to die. But um, This one here is um, I can't breathe. I lay down and I start coughing. So uh, sleeping has been a bit of a, bit of a daunting task. Uh, I did miss you last weekend, though. I, I, I lost my voice completely. Yeah, no, I miss you too, and uh, I think all the all the slackers probably missed you as well. Oh yeah, they always inundate my phone with like, "Oh, we know you're not on, Carrasco. You're just playing a, a rerun." It's like, come on, guys, I do have a life from time to time, and uh, unlike what you may think, uh, I am human after all. You know, more human than human, some may say. You know, how was your week, uh, Jacob? It was good. Always, uh, it always throws me off. I don't know if it does to you too. When it's a long weekend, I I kept being a day behind because so I work Richard's show and we have Richard Serrett's show four to six here on weekdays uh-huh. and we have regular segments and I kept I kept every day of the week I kept saying the wrong segment was happening that day. It just throws me it throws me off. I don't know if anyone else like <laughs> like I kept on Wednesday. I genuinely believed it was a Tuesday for the entire day. No, I don't I don't I don't have the same experience and 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 it's mostly because strategically um I decided to take my day off on Tuesdays at the office. So whenever there is a long weekend, I don't get to work on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and I'm not back until Wednesday. So right. throughout the year I get some uh carefully planned 
five or six mini vacations. And this one was one of them. Um, the pool is open, you know, the deck is finished. I, I, dude, I cannot explain to you how, uh, how much peace of mind you get when you find a contractor that actually does what they promise they're going to do. Uh, over the Seems last. Seems like a simple ask. It seems like a simple ask. Not only they they completed the work in the time they said they were going to complete it, uh, they did the job at the highest possible quality that you can think of. You see it and it's exactly what they promised. And the most important one is that they gave me a price and that's the price that it was. Like, oh my God. You need to get scammed. I, oh my God. They actually told me the truth. How does this work? So these guys came and um, I happened to know some of their brothers. I, I do business with two of the other brothers. And uh, I guess the that apple did not fall far from the tree because the, uh, the, the two brothers that I do business with are, you know, some amazing humans. In fact, uh, you know one of them, Dan Thiessen. He owns Radix Performance. So this gentleman that I um, that uh, did my deck... Um, uh, is his brother. So he came in, looked at it and said, this is how much it's going to cost you. This is how long it's going to take me. And this is what I'm going to do. And I thought, sure, <laughs> sure. Because the last two experiences that I had with contractors, dude, I got scammed. I, I And I'm, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. And uh, I remember one time when I had my place up in Georgina, I bought a farm, you know, some time ago. I remember being so upset that I took a Muskoka chair, you know, those beautiful wooden oh, yeah. chairs, oh, yeah. and I picked it up and smashed it no, on the ground in front of him. not the Muskoka chair. I did, man. But those chairs are so comfy. They are, but I, I had to go and replace it because the chair was brand new. I just, I needed to find an, an outlet before I actually did something physical to this dude because he was the swift definition of a con artist. And uh, unfortunately, they're still out there. Uh, meandering the world, taking people's deposits and doing a terrible uh, job. There's a lot of them. I see at least twice a month, I would say, in the news. Oh, uh, yeah. Rental, uh, no, not rental scams, but uh, uh, contracting scams. People who say, oh, we're going to do this job and then they either just don't do it or they do it to... 30% of what they promised. No, or they take a deposit, uh, they, they take money up front, they take cash, and uh, next thing you know, they you don't see them. You know, these guys that were working up on the farm, uh, one of the, the head uh, the workers for them, uh, because the house was empty, right? I, wasn't, I was not living in the house when they were working up there. Uh, they were going on benders inside the house. Like snorting cocaine and stuff and having girls over. It's like, what? Yeah. This was happening in my house. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, these guys are still out there taking deposits for pools and doing renovations and not completing the job and disappearing. You know, honestly, I, you know, for for a long time, I considered just uh, taking them to court and just start a lawsuit. And I thought, I need to put this behind me, man. I just need to move on. It was a lesson learned. And uh, they took a pile of my money. They never completed the job. They dug a hole for a pool that was never completed. And when I sold the house, I ended up having to refill the hole for the pool. That's how bad it was. And, you know, maybe one of these days I'd get upset enough again that I'll, I'll, I'll give the name out of this contractor company because they are, honestly, they are just literally taking people's monies and moving away from they, they it. Getting away with it. They may not exist anymore. Um, probably. But, uh, you know, I have their full names and phone numbers and stuff. 
I just try not to just, you know, that was a dark cloud. I mean, it was a dark time in my life and I just wanted to move on. But then the next, in the next house and the ones that I'm, I'm working on right now, I, I went the other way. I decided to go with somebody that I knew and dude, man, it was just as bad. You know, way out of budget, way longer than he had anticipated. You know, it was supposed to be done in two or three months. Next thing you know, it's seven months and that thing is still not done. The house is still not done. Uh, it's livable now, but, and I, uh, you know, we moved in there, but, uh, the, the reality is that finding a, a, a good contractor that is honest, that is on point, that is on time, and that is on budget is something that, um, that doesn't happen very often. And I found those guys. Uh, maybe one of these days I'll have him here because they have some horror stories too. Why did we start talking about that? Oh, because your, of the long weekend. Deck. Yeah, the, the yes, deck. Oh, I, 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 folks. You should see my deck. It's a beautiful deck. That should deck. be the giveaway. Best caller of the day gets to go to Greg's deck. <laughs> you get to see my deck. I, I I don't know if I want anybody to see my deck. It's huge, honestly. And uh, it's uh, it goes right along with the backyard. Um, you know, the pool is open and uh, I um, it's so hot, it's like a soup. <laughs> it's, uh, the water is so unbelievably warm. In the Already? Pool. No, I so, cranked it up, oh, man. Okay, I, I, you okay, know, okay. I bought. I was going to say, come well, on, what's going to happen when it gets to like thirty-five degrees no, no, outside? No. You're going to be I still, boiling. I still swim in there. You know, I I installed a heater. It had to be a giant heater because the pool is huge, and uh, I turned it into salt water, so it's it's a little bit softer. It, that's the way to go, guys. If you if you're gonna put a system in your pool, put a salt water uh, system. Chlorine is just icky. It smells, and then you you smell bad after, and you feel no, icky. No, but then your eyes are all like red, as yeah. if you've been smoking weed yeah. for like two weeks, yeah. and then you smell like your you know grandma's kitchen after she cleaned it, and it's like Clorox. You know, it's it's not it's not good. Now I, I don't know if this is much of a hot take, but what I am really looking forward to this summer is at some <clears> point going up to my friend's cottage up north and diving into the lake. Because I just think that for as much as pools can be fun, <clears throat> there is no feeling like on a on a hot late July day just jumping into a, a lake. It is incredible. I'm not going to deny that jumping in a lake is a good thing. I'm not going to deny that. However, however, you know, I opened the pool at the end of April, dude. So yes. I've, I've been swimming in that pool and I will have it open until deep into after Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving. You know, that thing is going to be so hot. I, I want to see dollars just steaming away from the water. Yeah. No, I, I don't I, care. I, I can say lakes don't have the longevity <clears throat> that a pool does. But for those few months that you can go into a lake, it is like heaven. It is amazing. The water mm. is so fresh. You know, in, in a former life, uh, I, I, we used to have a cottage and uh, we used to go there uh, every weekend, really. It was far, but it was worth the drive. Where was, tell it, you. Where was, was it? Was it Perry Sound area? No, it was um, north of Huntsville, about 40 minutes Got north it. of Huntsville. Got there it. is a little uh, town called Omic. Uh, Omic Lake. Uh, sorry, the, the town is called Magnetowan. The lake is called Omic. Um, you know, Sunridge, Huntsville, Bracebridge. And Magnatowan. Yeah, it's a nice it's, area. Yeah, it's a nice area. But uh, uh, I remember just going on the boat and going for a nap and let the lake gods lull me to sleep. And I could sleep for days, dude. I never knew how tired I was until I got to the cottage. And I could just sleep. I would wake up and eat and then go back to bed. And I'd be, I'd be sleeping for two days. It was It was glorious. 
the price I had to pay for that was not glorious, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, if you are just tuning in, you are tuning into the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends, and also we are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Uh, I want to send a big shout out to my entire service parts and sales crew at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity because they have done an amazing, amazing jobs. My two lieutenants, actually, no, my two captains, I'm going to call them captains now, uh, Daniel Yu and Tom Kalsbeek, uh leading the f- variable operations and fixed operations respectively. <clears throat> They are unbelievable. They're one of those people that you can literally take your hands off the wheel and, uh, and they will, they will drive it straight. And, uh, doing a construction at a car dealership is just chaos, folks. Is, uh, you know, we don't know where anything is. We don't know where to park. We don't know where to stock the, uh, where to park the stock or the inventory. We don't know how to do anything. But over the last two months, uh, we have pushed forward and the, the consumer base, the customer base has been so understanding. And uh, sales are going through the roof. Uh, I, I have to thank everybody that is coming from all over Ontario to support um, your slacker here uh, with the uh, with his business endeavors. And uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity selling a ton of vehicles Who to people who listen to the Greg Carrasco show here on Saga 960 AM. So to that, I say thank you. Now, the reason why I named Daniel and Tom is because they are the head of the two uh, – biggest departments, the two only departments, if you will, uh, and all the people underneath them. Now, on the other side of the break, I wanted to touch on something that uh, affected me deeply last week, uh, Derek. You know, we had to part ways with somebody that worked with me for a few years. And um, we've all had an employee that is long on the tooth. And I don't mean that by age. I'm talking about they have worn off their welcome. And I'm going to talk about the, the top 10 signs that you need to fire somebody. Now, for, you know, for personal reasons, I have stayed away from using the word firing. I, I like to think of it as, you know, relocating them or redirecting them or promoting them to customers. I don't know. You, you call it what you want. But there are, over the years, uh, I, I have been very fortunate because uh, I don't take long to make these decisions. Um, I think that letting someone go or having someone leave the company is um, is probably the worst part of my job, uh, simply because you are changing people's lives. And uh, I, I don't take it lightly. Uh, but I've always believed that whoever does the hiring has to do the firing. That's just the way it works. And on that basis, is is sometimes it's very difficult because you work with people on a day-to-day basis. You see them every day. You see them more than your kids. So they become more than just employees. Sometimes they become friends. And and to sever those ties, you there are some other things that you need to take into consideration when the time has come for someone to be relocated. So on the other side of the break, and by the way, the phone lines are open because we are live. Today is Saturday, the 27th. And um, 
Uh, the, the phone lines, if you have any questions or if you have, uh, if you want to buy a car, sell a car, lease a car, trade in a vehicle, if you need help making a decision in relation to a couple of models that you're looking at, this is your show. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Now, we're going to give a set of AirPods to the best phone call of the day, and we have some important guests coming down uh, on uh, later on in the show. We have the mayor of Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie, is going to join us here. We're going to answer all sorts of questions in relation to this dissolution of the uh, region appeal, because for what I understand, that's what's taking place. And we also we we also have Matt. Is it Duff or Duffy? Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy. He um, he is the host of the I believe it's the first um, comedy show that we have here on Saga 960, and is that uh, the debut was on June first. And I want to pick his brain. Apparently, he's a funny guy. I don't know. But uh, the show is brought to you by Oak. Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a very short break and call us if you have something on your mind. Otherwise, stay tuned and we'll be right back. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, I'm Hazel Grace, and I'm here to let you know that if you want to be my friend, you got to be choked first. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no friendship between us. And you are watching The Greg Carrasco Show. Don't miss it, and don't blink it. And we're back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show. And the phone lines are always open. It doesn't matter who we have here on, on air, who we have as a guest. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. If you have a car question, I will always give you preference. You will always be number one because this is supposed to be a car show. It's just that talking about cars all the time is boring. Who wants to talk cars all the time? That's what I do all day, every day. There's only one, you know, there's one thing that I can talk about for a long time and I don't get tired of. Jiu-jitsu. I can talk about jujitsu forever. Well, it's, it's like me with sports. Yeah, I guess. You always wonder why I like to talk sports. That's exactly it. Yeah, the thing is that I do it, right? You don't, I, you don't I, play I, football. You don't play... You not don't professionally, really play. but I do play it. What do you play? I play football with friends. I play baseball in two <clears> leagues. <throat> I play hockey. I play golf. Well, well, I learned something new about you today. Yeah. yeah. You know I played sports? I, I thought that you, you know, you from time to time, I guess you would, you know, do a pickup hockey. Yeah, you no, know. no, no, no. I played every every Thursday. I played hockey in the winter. And then every Tuesdays and Sundays, I play baseball. I, I golf, try golf once a week. Yeah. Well, look, man, I good for you. You know, I, no, I, I, keep, I, I keep active. That's a, well, you, I hope so. You yeah. are a young buck. You I, know, ran, I ran full of energy I, right I, now. I ran 7.5K yesterday. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I, uh, for some reason, I have always gravitated towards 
combat sports. I I I love fighting. I love doing it myself. I I fight whenever I can every single day of my life, and uh, um, it's something that uh, has been so deeply ingrained since I was like eight years old when I first started taking karate back in Chile. That yeah, uh, that's where you are and I. You and I are different. I just I I've ne- it's never appealed to me. I can't do it. Even if I play hockey and and a couple guys on the ice start you know chipping and and, and jawing at one another, I just never get involved with that. It's not within me. No, it's, it's something that needs you need to know. Any any man, and you know the funny thing is that some of the some of the guys that are most eager to get into fights, they've never been in an actual fight, and that they're you know they're just posturing, they're afraid, they just, they just want to stick their chest out and I'll fight you. Sure, no problem, no problem. But you know, to what end? To what end? Oh, by the way, do you see this beautiful uh, I, I do, scar yes. on my forehead? I, yes, I do. I was going to uh, ask. Dude, man, this is, um, it's not going to make me any uglier, that's for sure. But uh, uh, I was having, um, we were doing some sparring. And um, at the end of at the end of the sparring session, I felt some sweat coming down my face. But it wasn't like regular sweat. It was a little bit more viscous. <laughs> and so then I looked at my face, uh, the face of my training partner, and he looks at me and he says, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. So I, and I said, it's blood, isn't it? And uh, so I went to the bathroom and my eyebrows were like red. Oh, my no. face was coming. It, it's like oh, I, no. I had just I, conquered I, I, I a, fainted. You know, oh, a, a Nordic Germanic tribe by the Vikings or something. <laughs> oh. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I don't know if it's... That's one way to describe it. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to scar or not, but uh, it's about... It's a gash of two inches long and about half a centimeter wide directly across the middle of my forehead. (laughs) But how does that happen when you're sparring? Like, isn't the whole point of sparring like, yeah, you're supposed to, you know, take shots at one another, but you're not supposed to really actually injure no man uh, it's, it was an accident it was an accident i don't know what it was i don't know if it was a maybe a fingernail that just came across during a pass or something but you know we we are very very careful when it comes to those things if you see me i i never have an i mean my nails are cut right down to you don't see them uh the same thing with you know toes and, hand, and fingernails is you have to be uh prepared because accidents like this do happen you know um, one of my best friends, Derek, uh, was sparring with a brand new person. You know, it was the first time in, and this, I guess this kid doesn't, didn't know how short you need to keep your nails. And as an accident, he had probably a, a 12 or 14 inch scratch from the back of his neck all the way across his face. And Yeesh. this dude is an executive for one of the big banks. So <laughs> for the following two months, he was showing up to work with a 14 inch scratch or scratch on the side of his face. It was hilarious. You know, we, we pretend, you know. It's, uh, but, you know, actually, it, it looks pretty good, though. You know, it's, you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it looks, does. It looks, it, it looks it like goes, you've, it, uh, you've been through it. You, know, you can tell people you were fighting a bear. It, it goes through the look. But, uh, you know, before the break, I, I was sharing with you um, about an experience that I had. And, and when it came right down to it, the, the day of the termination, um, this person beat me to it because uh, he resigned. And uh, the moment he resigned, um, he started to behave like a complete moron at work while he was waiting for his ride uh, to be taken home. And I thought, you know, I will never go through this again. Um, hiring people is something that I have always taken very, very, very seriously. Oh, and by the way, if you have something to say on this, uh, call me, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Um, 
the reason why I take it so seriously because I, I, I try to do my absolute best not to hire people to fire them. Now, unfortunately, from time to time, you get people that peak at the interview. The interview is the absolute best performance that you'll ever get out of those people. They do everything right. They answer every question properly. Their resume looks amazing. And next thing you know, they, it was false advertising. It happens. Um, now, thankfully, over the years and after dealing with the public for close to three decades now, you once you interact with, you know, what seems to, to me like hundreds of thousands of people over the last 30 years, people repeat themselves. Um, people's behavior, they repeat themselves, people's attitudes, people's word tracks, people's um demeanor they just they repeat themselves and then you start applying those sort of um reconnaissance uh human reconnaissance uh from a neurolinguistic standpoint and you start applying it to the people that you do business with to the people that you hang out with to the people that you hire uh, and to the people that you actually choose to spend your life with and i, I like to think that at, at this point in my life i am better equipped to make uh, you know more sound decisions as it pertains to character now that doesn't mean that people doesn't change you know you hire a version of someone and to be perfectly honest with you uh, as a human it, it is your absolute job to change every single day of your life every every podcast that you listen to every book that you read every interaction that you have with another person should have the capacity to change you at a very essential level so you may hire someone that at one point did amazing things and uh, you know due to their own journey life journey or interaction with his own friends and people and and their, their own habits their behavior could either improve or decline it happens so when you hire someone it is very very important that you take your time um, and, and the reason why I say this is because as, as the head of an organization, I, I have the responsibility of making sure that the new hiree is someone that will be cohesive, harmonious in relation to the rest of the staff. Let me give you an example, and I've said this before on the show. You know, think of think of a car dealership or or a company or a business as a a fish tank, and you have all types of fish that get along with each other, and they all swim in the same direction, they all eat the same type of food, and so on and so on and so on. You have a beautiful system. The fish tank is cleaned on a regular basis, and uh, you replace the filters, and I, I've never had a fish tank, but m you know my kids have, so I, I have an idea what needs to be done. Um, and as, as you, the person responsible for the upkeep and maintenance of this fish tank, it is also important for you to see what's going on with the health of the ecosystem. Now, from time to time, you see this, you go to the pet store and, you know, you walk in where all the aquariums are and you see this beautiful, beautiful Japanese fighting fish. You know those little guys? They're absolutely stunning. I mean, you if you ever thought that there was a higher power that would have created beauty and art in any way, shape, or form, 
and you subscribe to that idea. When you see one of these little guys, you say, this is just, it's, it's truly a, a miracle. These things are absolutely stunning. So you buy it and you stick it in the fish tank with all the rest of the guys. No bueno. No bueno. Because some things, actually, most things that are that beautiful are dangerous. I mean this. Whenever you see that is so something that is so unbelievably beautiful, there's another side of danger and a price that needs to be paid to have that in your life. And some people are willing to pay the price. Some people aren't. So you stick a Japanese fighting fish in the middle of your fish tank. At first, it's going to look beautiful because, you know, it needs to recognize its surroundings. But it doesn't take very long until what? <laughs> what happens, Jacob? I don't know if you've ever experienced this before. Well, we had a beta fish, but we didn't have it. It was it was on its own. So of course. I've, I've never seen it. I mean, I, I, I assume it just eats them up but it's I, it creates carnage it creates a disaster and uh, it doesn't matter how beautiful this thing is it will not enhance the the harmony of your aquarium and at that point it doesn't matter how beautiful it is it doesn't matter how much it means to you you need to remove it and you need to give it to somebody else or put it in an isolation tank. Because you, if you leave it in that fish tank, it's going to fight and need and kill everything that's inside. Everything. And all that emotion that you had to bring this person in is going to be the complete, the, the very simple reason why you actually want to just end it. And that's what happens sometimes when you hire somebody. You know... I have seen the sort of people over the years and uh, they come in, you interview them and you can tell they're absolute rock stars. These people are, they don't belong here. They are so good at something that they do. They are so gifted at a, a specific task that is within a dealership. But the price you need to pay to have these people working for you is not worth the the loss of peace. You know, this. Uh, you, you, you have this quizzical look on your face right now. Well, yeah, I just want an example. And obviously, I don't want you to go into specifics and name names. But like, what's an example of, 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 of someone like a trait? Okay, let me give you an example. Um, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to name any names. Okay. Um, a couple of months ago, I interviewed um, a manager. Um, uh, it was a finance manager. The the track record this person had was unbelievable. I mean, in 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 the car industry, when you have an F and I manager that has the average that this person has, is truly a unicorn. And um, this person, for some reason, was out of a job. They came and talked to me because they know that I support the F&I office with everything of me because I do believe that is something that we need to do for the customer. Um, so they came to me and we came to an understanding. I gave this person a job. Okay. Within the first week, dude, within the first week, this person was late five times. Okay. 
Within the first week, I had close to 10 complaints from other members of the staff that this person was taking advantage of certain things and certain privilege that they shouldn't, uh, that they were ordering people around, that they were, um, <laughs> it was just chaos. It was chaos. Now, un- un- the unfortunate thing is that every single customer that this person saw was a very, very lucrative position for the dealership. But at some point, you need to make a decision. What is more important? The the profit, how lucrative somebody can be for your store, or the damage, the brain damage that they can bring to the entire group. And we've seen them. I I have had salespeople in the past, Jacob, that they will sell 30 to 40 cars a month. But these people are loathed by the entire organization. They are hated. But this the putting up with them is the price that you have to pay for their performance. And I can tell you this, there is not a single person out there that is worth keeping around that kills the peace and the harmony of your organization, no matter how many cars they sell, no matter, no matter how many thousands of dollars they produce, no matter how many hours they sell in the shop, it's not worth it. Because what happens is this. The moment that you remove that Japanese fighting fish from the, from the fish tank, everybody starts going around again. And there is no vacuum. There is no hole because everybody steps up. So you never really lose that performance. All those, what you call them, they're, they're called beta fish, right? Yeah. All those beta fish, the only thing they do they, is that they make everybody angry and scared at the same time. And nothing works well. And sometimes you need to remove those people immediately. So part of my hiring practices is very simple. I... I veto that person first to see if I feel something. And I know you're going to say, oh, the Greg, that's, that's woo-woo talking. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, in Canada, and, and this is something that I've said many times before, we don't listen to our intuition. You know, sometimes you'd meet someone and you get that feeling. It's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I don't like that person. Listen to yourself. What have you got to lose? You could be wrong. Excellent. And somebody, people have proved me wrong over the years. But you see, and, and, and this is something that we've discussed here. A lot of people confuse nice with good. Some of the nicest people that you meet are the most awful humans that you can possibly find on the face of the planet. And some of the nastiest people that you meet are the most straight up solid people that you can meet. You will find that good people don't have time to be nice. They will do the right thing when the time comes instead of saying the nice thing, the nice thing when the opportune time arises. But then when nobody's watching, guess what? That's not what you get. So circling back to this, I veto that person. And after that, we get all the managers involved because that person is not going to be working with me directly. I'm not going to be the direct supervisor. I'm not going to be the direct report. So we get everybody to meet and then we vote. Do we want this person as part of the crew? Yes or no? We take a vote. We discuss it. Pros and cons. And when we finally make the decision of hiring somebody, the entire team owns it. We all hire this person. 
because we have something to say. And if you if we don't have a, a unanimous decision, we won't hire this person. But I, I apply the same system when we have to let somebody go. Because somebody will plead your case. And you develop friends. So if we need to terminate somebody for whatever reason, we will have a meeting with all the managers involved in the hiring of this person. But I can tell you something, folks. Especially if you, if you have an organization, if you work with a company, take long to hire, but be very quick to fire. Because if you feel that this person is not being a positive contribution to your organization, the chances are that you won't be able to change that behavior because this is not coming from you. It's coming from them. And if they don't see it, by the time it comes it pops up on your radar. They have created so much damage in your organization that you don't even know. Because unfortunately, when you own a business, when you run the business, you are one of the last people to find out what's going on in the trenches. And that's one of the reasons why I always felt that general managers should be working on the sales floor, taking ups, going on test drives, writing deals. So that way you know what the pulse is of your sales floor. If the moment that you detach yourself from that, you by the time you realize that there is a pl- problem within your troops, it's going to be too late. And I'm going to tell you what happened with this guy on the other side of the break. Folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We're Canada's largest automotive radio show. We're discussing this morning when is the right time to let somebody go regardless of how long they've been with you. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And if you have something in your mind, call me, 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We'll be right back after the break. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. And guess what? We have some vehicles in inventory. You don't have to wait four, five, six, seven, eight months for your car. Come and see us. We'll have a vehicle on the road for you. And if you are looking for a luxury SUV and you haven't considered the Infinity QX60, you're missing out. You are absolutely missing out. The QX60 is a, is a new redesign. It's quite possibly one of the best midsize SUVs that you have seen in a very, very long time. Just yes, Jacob. So hold on. So we have a couple callers, so we're going to get to those. But while you're on the topic, because yeah. I did mention to you in the last commercial break that my dad currently has a 2010 Lexus RX350. Okay. Should he, t- he now he likes the 350, but he doesn't really know much about the current state of Lexus and, you know, if that car would hold up to the past version of the 350 that he has. W- what do you think 
he should look at in terms of the Infinity QX60. Oh yeah, the QX60 for sure. But, but for like, sure. What about it? Do you think um, it's bigger, longer, wider, taller, stronger, better equipped? It's got more tech. It's got better warranties, and it's about fifteen thousand dollars less than the equivalent Lexus. Okay. <laughs> it's honestly, I, I mean, look. There is there isn't a lot of vehicles that compare to Lexus. Okay, there isn't. I'm sorry. You know, Lexus is one of the absolute best vehicles on the marketplace. So you can't go wrong with a Lexus. Uh, in, unfortunately, with very few exceptions within the Lexus lineup, um, they are the luxury equivalent of an appliance. It's like a fridge. They have the sex appeal of a stove. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, I don't know if your dad is looking for sex appeal, but I mean, when you're spending that kind of cashola, you would like to have some sort of looks behind it. Um, I do think that there are some better looking vehicles out there. That's all. Um, but again, um, I don't think my dad cares about that at all. I think he, he's he's a function first guy, like like for sure. I don't think he cares at all about oh, I want to show off this car. I don't think he cares at all about that. It's just practical. No, but you want to. I mean, there's got to be some aesthetically pleasing aspect to the vehicle that he's gonna get to buy in the first place. I mean, the Lexus is not an ugly car. Yeah. But uh, again, from a reliability standpoint, Lexus is. Is amazing, but uh, you know you need to look at the Infinity QX60. You have to if you're looking at the uh, um, the BMW X5. If you're looking at the Acura MDX. Oh, by the way, the the QX60 is outselling the Acura MDX for the first time ever. Now the MDX is a phenomenal vehicle, but um, um, yeah, the if you're looking at a, a GLC, maybe even a GLE, a Mercedes, uh, if you look at an an Audi Q7, you need to make it down and look at the Infiniti QX60 for the very simple reason is that it's going to be very very difficult to top up that level of luxury on a car. Uh, and uh, they're reasonably priced. Infinity is serious about putting a dent into the SUV market. And uh, I don't know a single person that hasn't bought a QX60 that is unhappy with it. It's a phenomenal car. Send your dad to drive one. Like, look, don't buy it. Drive it. See what you think. You know, the car will tell you whether it, it, it warrants the purchase or not. Okay? Okay. Now, we have a couple of phone calls, and yes. we always give precedent to the phone calls. Who do we have on the line? Uh, I don't have a name here, but this person is calling from Guelph. Uh, the uh, Guelph caller. Um, we don't have your name. Uh, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? My name is Albert. Good morning. Uh, I'm calling about... Uh I'm to sell my car. Uh, can, can you give me a uh, selling a private and how much the dealer would give me? Uh, 2020 Camry. A 2020 Camry. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can log into my system here. I wish I would have known that I was appraising a vehicle this morning. Hold on a second. So tell me a little bit more about this 2020 Camry. Is that 2,997 kilometer? And it's already paid off. I have extended warranty on, and we service at a Guad Toyota. Okay, so Toyota Camry. Uh, let me see here. Yeah. I'm on a private sale, and how much the Toyota dealer will give me a so is, if it's a 20, okay, I have a, other questions for you, I, and this may not be what you want to hear from me this morning. Why do you want to get rid of this car? Ah, uh, personal reason. I, yeah, that's all. I understand that, but uh, uh, the, if I'm going to... I mean, I mean, I mean uh, financial reason. 
a financial reason. But um, yeah, yeah. So you want to make some money out of the car? Is that what you want to do? No, 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 no. For 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 other reason. No, 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 no. Because just, uh, if you hold on a second, because the reason why I'm asking you this is because if you have a 2020 Camry with uh, it's got you said yeah. twenty twenty thousand kilometers, right? No, no, <laughs> not even four thousand. Two thousand nine hundred ninety-seven. Two th- okay, it's three thousand three thousand kilometers. Three thousand nine hundred ninety-seven. Okay, so it's got four thousand kilometers. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. uh, Albert, what you're doing doesn't make sense, you know, brother. You have, listen to me, you have a Toyota okay, Camry. Uh, you have a Toyota Camry yes. that is arguably yes. the best car ever made. Are you, you serious? I don't, I don't normally, I mean, I do joke around, but when it comes to cars, I try to just give you the best of my knowledge, okay? So you have a 2020 Camry that is arguably yes. the best car you ever, has ever been made, that has got okay. 4,000 kilometers. So you barely drive this thing, uh, that you don't uh-huh. have a single payment because the vehicle is paid off. You, up and I, and I, I have extended warranty on it. Uh, it, it got so why would you ever want to get rid of it? <laughs> I don't Look, if you, if you were related to me, if you were related to me, I would yell at you because yeah. you're making a mistake. That's a mistake. Uh, no, no, what you're okay. about to do oh, is a oh, mistake. Oh. Don't do it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, okay, I hang on. it. But can you give me how much it costs for selling a private? And how much, how much deal it will give me? No, I'm not going to do that. And I'll tell you why I'm not going to do that because I don't want to be um I, I don't want to be an accomplice for you making a a, a mistake. You know, if you're going okay, to, no. you know, listen to me. Sun Tzu says if okay. you see an enemy making a mistake, let them. But you're not my enemy. Okay. So I don't want you okay, to go okay. down I I I take I take your advice. Please do. Thank you so much for the phone call, Albert, and uh, don't do it. Folks, look, man, if you're going to call the show, don't expect me to give you an advice that is going to help you make a mistake. I'm not doing it. And yeah, that car would be perfect for, you know, on my used car lot. You know, just the thought of a Camry, 2020 Camry with 4,000 kilometers make me salivate because that car would be sold in a heartbeat. But that's not the issue here. The issue here is that you have a car that is costing you zero. You're barely driving it. You, you... You probably have never serviced it because it's got 4,000 kilometers. Why Why would you ever want to get rid of the perfect situation? Don't change the winning hand, Albert. Don't change the winning hand. You even have an extended warranty, so you did everything right. Who do we have on the line next? We have Brian from Mississauga. Brian, thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Uh, Greg, good morning. Uh, speedy recovery to you, by the way. Uh, Thank you. What's happening is I live I live on the borderline between Oakville and Mississauga, and they put up a roundabout at uh, Burnthorpe and uh, Ninth Line. People don't know how to use it, and there's been nothing in the newspaper or the media about how to use a darn thing. People need to be taught how to use it. How to be, be taught how to I use what? A roundabout. A roundabout. They, they took out a traffic light and put a roundabout in. Mm. You know, like they used to have in Nova Scotia years ago? Yeah, of course. Where you take your tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, people, it's getting dangerous. I avoid it now at high flow periods because it's getting so dangerous. Dude, if, you, to- dude, if you have to explain people how to drive in a roundabout, we have failed as a society, oh, man. 
we have failed as a society. This is this is as as intuitive as it can possibly possibly be. You approach a roundabout, read the signs, look at the traffic, move on. You know, I, I I don't even know what else to tell you. I mean, you have to remember that we 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 live in a we live in a society that puts a label on car batteries saying, "Please do not lick the, the terminals." <laughs> okay. Come on, okay, all right. Okay. So, okay. Thank look, you man, that bad. <laughs> now I have another issue. Um, a number of weeks ago, I called about the future availability of a six-cylinder engine. Yeah. And you said it was such a good question that you would you know, send me some earbuds. Well, I'm still waiting for those ear things. Oh, but that's because we, we, we couldn't find you. So now, can, hold on a second. Can we get right down uh, his name and phone numbers? We, we take it down now, and uh, we will give you because sure, we have the set of earbuds ready for you. an issue. My heart's not broken. That's okay. <laughs> What is the next well, question? My other issue is: Did you did you get any further information on the future availability of the six-cylinder engine? Well, I think it it all comes down to this. Uh, I think that once the, the liberal government um, is no longer in power, uh, this this political push for electric vehicle is going to go away. So I don't oh, I, I don't so. think I that so. I don't think that uh, the the demise of the six-cylinder engine is any time in my lifetime. And now, I don't know how long I'm going to live, but <laughs> what's that? Longer than me. I'm older. You'll live longer than me. I'm older. Uh, I don't know about that. But anyways, thank you so much for calling the show, man. And we will, we will reach out to you afterwards. Um, I, I, I never got to finish the, what I was going to give you as, you know, the, 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 the top 10 signs that you need to let somebody go at work. So I'm going to finish that on the other side of the hour. And that is before we talk to the mayor of Mississauga. Bonnie Crumb is going to be here with us at 10.30. And uh, you are welcome 9:30. to... 9.30. Uh, sorry, 9.30. Uh, at 9.30, the mayor of Mississauga is going to be with us here. And uh, you are welcome to call us when we are off air with some questions that we can ask the mayor. And uh, we can take it from there. But in the meantime, we're going to take a short break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Before you make any car buying decisions, you need you know what you need to do. You, you got to come and see me and uh, we'll look after you. Uh, let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasso Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here was your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. Look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. All that I 
I feel like we haven't heard this song in a very, very, very long time. That's why I brought it back. Yeah, I know. I feel warm inside. It's like it, it touched me in the in the feels. It touched me in the feels. If you just tuned in, folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends. And uh, just in case you want to hear about something specific that we're talking about and you missed it, um, the show is uploaded to iTunes immediately after we were done here. And then Spotify and Google Podcasts. So if you want to listen to us, no commercials, no interruptions, we are good to go. Um before the uh, we got into the conversations about cars, we um, we were talking about some some of the signs that you that you have from employees uh, when they need to be let go. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. It feels like you know whenever we get down a tangent of a phone call, is we get so far away from the actual topic at hand that it's difficult to just bring it back. But um, because we have an important person joining the show at nine thirty, um, I'm I'm going to go through this uh, quickly now. The the next 10 points that I will discuss with you uh, in relation to very, very sure tell signs that you need to terminate someone, um, you need to have a proper HR protocol within your organization. So all these points are HR protocols notwithstanding. Uh, conduct through performance evaluations, document the, all the instances of concerns and provide opportunities for improvement and, and so on and offer corrective action before considering termination. Uh, you know, consulting with your HR uh, professionals or legal experts is, is always an, ad, an advice that I give people because, uh, uh, unfortunately, the, this is Canada. <laughs> I mean that in the most loving possible way. Uh, and um, th- there are some things that you need to consider before you let somebody go. And, and it's very important that you are fully aware of everything that needs to happen before someone is terminated. So, number 10, unresolved performance issues. You know, when an employee has been given appropriate feedback and coaching and support to improve the performance, but fails to make satisfactory progress. Uh, You know, I've always said this, that uh, people don't do things for only two reasons. They either don't know how or they don't care to. And you need to be able to understand the difference between those two. I repeat, people don't do things for only two reasons. They either don't know how or they don't care to. And those are two different characters. Those are two different individuals. Those are two different corrective actions. One requires training. The other one requires <laughs> a conversation. <laughs> uh, because um, you, can't, you can't force people to care. They either have that within them or they don't. And number nine. Lack of adaptability, demonstrating um, an unwillingness or inability to adapt to changes in job responsibilities, technology, or organizational processes. Now, like I said to you at the beginning of the show, in, it is your job to change. It is your job to grow. And uh, if you are unwilling to change, if you are unwilling to adapt to a new CRM system to a new uh, um, software system. If you are uh, unable, you know, un- unwilling to do it, is one thing. You that's a, that's a direct insubordination. 
Uh, now, if you are unable to do it, that then that speaks to your skill set, uh, you know, inability to do it. Um, you know, again, we're going to the training route. We we send you back to training, then hopefully you're going to be able to adapt to the changes of your organization. But your inability to do so is going to create a speed bump for the progress of your organization. Number eight, and this is a big one for me: dishonesty or ethical breaches, uh, you know, in, engaging in unethical behavior such as lying, stealing, or violating confidentiality, which can damage the company's reputation, the company's performance, and the the, the company's relationship with, with the consumer and, you know, within the employees themselves. You know, uh, that's a non-negotiable. It should be a non-negotiable anyway. You you get caught lying or stealing, you're done. Finish. I'm sorry. Sorry. You know, you you know, we can still know each other, but you cannot work in this organization because a lot of things need to go wrong way before somebody takes the next step. Number seven, inability to work effectively within a team. Uh, consistently causing conflicts, failing to collaborate or undermining the team dynamics. And this is something that I was speaking uh, to earlier today with the beta fish. And uh, you know, you can be an amazing and an incredible performer, but if you do not play well with others, if, if your sandbox is a disaster every time and the only thing that happens after you get in, in, into that sandbox on a regular basis is just brain cramps, I'm sorry. You know, you can't, you can't be here. Uh, you cannot sacrifice the many for the benefit of the few. That's, that's not the way that works. Number six, lack of accountability, failing to take responsibility for mistakes that were made, blaming other people or consistently avoiding ownership of work-related issues. We've all known this person. In fact, we are raising a society that uh, uh, is blaming their parents for their inability to deal with uh, adversity in any way, shape, or form, right? Um, but and, and this is, you know, this ideology is sipping into into corporate Canada and, and actually into the corporate world, period. Uh, it's not my fault this my boss. It's not my fault. It's my working hours. I don't want to work this many hours. I don't have the support that I need. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's it's never, it's never their fault. And I I have a physical reaction when I I get into this sort of exchanges with people because I am I am one of those people that I believe that everything is my fault one hundred percent of the time. And I mean this. Now, whether it is or not in reality, I always assume that it's my fault because it, if, if it's my fault, then it's within my power to make the necessary changes in order for me to have a different outcome. If it's not my fault, then I'm just a victim. I am just a passenger in somebody else's bus. And they're going to take me wherever they go. And then I'm going to be dropped off in a place that I don't want to be. And guess what? You are not going to be happy with that destination. It is always your fault. You're out of shape. Your fault. You're fat. Your fault. You failed that test. Your fault. You got fired. Your fault. You don't have enough money to pay rent. It's your fault. Good. Now you're going to be able to figure something out. Look, if you're not getting the, the, the desired outcome to the things that you want to do, change your behavior. It is amazing how many people I see on a regular basis, Jacob, 
doing the exact same thing that they've been doing for the last two, three, four, five years and expecting that something is going to change. All habits always reappear and you need to be mindful of all of this. Number five, insubordination. Openly define authority, refusing to follow instructions and challenging management decisions. This is not good. Look, there is a time and a place to disagree with your bosses and it's not in the middle of a sales meeting. There is a time and a place to disagree with upper management and it's not in a management team, in in a management meeting. That's not the time and the place. If you are not okay with a decision from upper management, ask for a private meeting and say, look, I believe that this is a better course of action. We don't want to hear what is wrong. We want to hear what your solutions are. And it's very important that a lot of people show up to the manager's office with problems. I have a problem. This is happening. This is this. This is that. I don't care about your problems. I don't. Because if you bring your problems to me, then you will always be dependent on me to fix your problems. But if you come to me with a situation and you also bring me two or three potential solutions to that problem, very, very soon you won't need me. You know, this whole notion of give a man a fish, feed him for a day, that's exactly what happens when it comes to problem solving. Do not come to your manager with a problem. Come to him with a situation and two or three possible solutions and he or she will guide you towards what the right place or right course of action is. Number four, negative attitude or behavior, consistently displaying a negative attitude, engaging in disruptive behavior or fostering toxic work environment. You know, at this point, it's getting a little bit more corrosive. You know, at this point, it's getting a little bit more disruptive. You know, these people are not nice to have around. You know, we're getting close to the top three here. You know, by now you should have a pretty clear indication that these people need to get out of your organization. You know, you don't want to keep these people around. Are you are you eating Teletubby Barfin right now? Is that what you're doing? Yes. I knew you were too quiet, man. You were too quiet. You're just on a roll right now. <laughs> no, but we're going to take a short break, folks. And on the other side of the break, we're going to give you the top three signs and you need to let somebody go from your organization because that ship is sailed it's gone the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and those who know know that before they make any car buying decisions they need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan call me 289-275-9600 is the phone number we're going to take a short break we'll be right back What's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. Mike Robitaille here, and I'm just your basic, mediocre, former NHL player. And speaking of mediocre, here he is, The Greg Carrasco Show. song for the broken hearted The silent prayer for 50 parties 
Little Run. Just for facing the crowd. You know, I, I saw this guy live, and he was a complete disappointment. Yeah, he really? Was, he was terrible. Yeah, he was terrible. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, the principle of contrast that made it sound so awful uh, because uh, Kid Rock opened for him. <laughs> And Kid Rock is an absolute beast really? on stage, wow. dude. He is he is a musician. I mean, he was playing the bass, he was playing the guitar, he was playing the piano, he was playing the drums. The guy is unbelievable. Mm. Uh, and then John Bon Jovi showed up, <laughs> and all the Ginas from <laughs> and all the Ginas from uh, Woodbridge showed up in the, in the school bus uh, with the hair all spiked up. <laughs> ah, it was a it was a fun show. It's fun show. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I was super disappointed. That's a good song though. <clears throat> in the album, uh, "Sleep uh, Slippery When Wet" is uh, one of the you know iconic albums from the eighties. You're not a fan of his, are no, you? No, I mean, it's just not my my kind of... You know me. I don't like 80s music. I really... And I know that that's, you know, that's the area you grew up in. So, my mom's the same. My mom loves 80s music because she grew up in the 80s. And it's just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's my least favorite decade in music. I think that that's the reason why you don't like it. Because your parents like it. No, be, because my dad loves the Beatles. I grew up on the Beatles... That's all my dad played when I was a kid, and I love the Beatles. And uh, no, there's just something about the sound of it, the synths, uh, the I, I my biggest pet peeve was eighties with eighties music is how long the intros are. Like some of these songs, it'll take. <clears throat> a good 30, 40 seconds for the song to actually get started. And there's a reason behind it. My mom explained is because uh, back in the day when they would play the song on the radio, the, the radio jockeys would all talk over the intros. Oh, yeah, they did. But it's just you listen to it now and it just sounds so out of place. Like, it's just like you, I'm listening to these songs. I'm like, just get to the point already. I think that that is a, that is a generational problem with the, your inability to delay gratification. You want to get hit with a song immediately. And, uh, you know, just enjoy it, man. Just sit back and enjoy the ride. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. I, I do think that the 80s, uh, they got some, no, they got some pretty good music. Well, yeah, look, there's every, some every, good songs every for decade. sure. I'm not denying that. But okay. I think 80s music, if you look overall, there's a lot more bad 80s music and the highs aren't as high as some of the other decades. What are you talking about? You know, starting with the fact that the Beatles are overrated, severely overrated. They're, but they're, they're I'll terrible. take them out of it. I'll say even the 70s, 90s, 2000s are all significantly better decades of music than the 80s. And it's not close. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, <clears throat> well, it depends. It depends what you like, right? You know, I don't know if you can say his name, but I mean, Michael Jackson came out of the 80s. Um you know, that's uh, I would say that's a pretty big thing. I'd agree. Yeah, I said there, there are know, anomalies for you know, sure. Guns and Roses. Again, Meta that's Me just not Metallica. Genesis. Actually, the Genesis is from the seventies. Huh? Well, they. But even still, like <clears throat> these just aren't my cup of tea. You're right. They're they're just not my cup of tea. All I mean, Michael Jackson. Yes, I can't deny. Oh, that, you know, that's but, a that's a pretty that's a pretty big deal. There, it's one of the biggest pop stars yes. of of and Madonna, all time. And Madonna, Madonna came out of there. Yeah, I don't know what is happening to Madonna lately. I don't know if you've seen. <laughs> have you seen her lately? 
Uh, it's uh, it's quite terrifying. <laughs> it's quite terrifying. There's there's something to be said about aging gracefully. I don't I don't know if that's the case right now. Please find yourself. I I don't know. Maybe I maybe I maybe I've had to lunch. Like I'm embracing my wrinkles and you know gray hairs. My you know I I'm, I'm letting my beard just be a sign of perhaps gravitas you know what i'm saying yeah, I, just, I, I just saw a picture <clears throat> of her at the grammys yeah that's yeah. that's not that's not um yeah yeah don't don't that's yeah, a, that's no. a, you know she's doing the most and i don't know i don't know if that's the way that she wants to be um remember hey look at uh, what's her name share share yeah look at her she's she's beautiful yeah She's yeah. absolutely stunning. She's yeah. she's. I don't know if she's had any work done, but clearly, uh, <laughs> wherever she's getting her work done is uh, is is better quality than <laughs> than Madonna. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, Cher is um, is uh, is absolutely stunning. You know, for her age, and I I think that there is a lot of um, there is a lot to be said about aging gracefully. There is nothing wrong with getting old. It happens to everyone. You know, it's but it's inevitable. You know, the the yeah. moment that you. <sighs> Professor Krishnamurti said when he was asked, what was the secret of the happiness in his life? And he took a pause in the middle of a conference and he stood up and said, it's because I accept what is. Mm. I always accept what is. I am okay with what happens. Mm. Yeah. You see, the moment that you're not okay with your reality is the moment that you start suffering. And, you know, we can we can talk about that for a while. But you know what I'm also not okay with? With violating company policies. <laughs> These are the top three signs that you need to let somebody go, folks. This is important. Violating company policies. Repeatedly disregarding or violating established policies, procedures, or code of conduct. You know, when you get into this level of uh, disregard, of this level of insubordination, this level of um, standoff, you know, standoffish behavior, it, it, you know, it, it's time. It's time. You, you need to pull the plug. You need to contact the lawyer. You need to contact HR, draft a termination letter, and say bye-bye. Number two, and this is a big one. People don't understand this stuff. Chronic absenteeism or tardiness. Frequent and unexplained absences or habitual lateness that disrupt work and affects team productivity. Did you know that you can't say anything to a kid that shows up late to school every day? Really? Yeah. They don't even have to come to class. What? Yeah. Since when was that a thing? Uh, it is a thing. It is a thing right now. Okay. We are so caught up with sensitivities right now that, uh, you know, um, the kid might feel discriminated against uh, if for whatever reason they can't get up in the morning and they show up late every single day. Apparently, they, they don't even get marks sometimes in exams because they don't want their marks to go down. That's wild. That's changed since I've been out of the school system. Of course they have. <laughs> that's the world, crazy. That's wild. This is, dude, this is a different world. I mean, remember what we were discussing with uh, Richard yesterday on the Richard Serez show about this uh, Tompkin Middle School? Ye vaguely, yes. That is, uh, th there was a letter circulating by one of the teachers that uh, they're unsafe. They feel unsafe yeah, yeah, going yeah, to work yeah. because uh, they get threatened. They get assaulted. They, they, the, the school in absolute chaos. And no one can enforce anything. Yeah. Apparently, kids just leave class just to go to smoke 
without asking permissions for the teacher's that files. Is that, that, that's insane, man. That is insane. Well, you you got to make sure that this doesn't happen at your workplace because, you know, it could very, you allow it once, I tell you. You said precedent. The number one reason why somebody should be let go is, and this is a pretty simple one, is poor performance. Consistently failing to meet job expectations, missing deadlines, or demonstrating lack of skills for the required uh, role is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time to go. Uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's important for us to, you know, to take a step back in here and look, um, there is no such a thing as bad students, just bad teachers. But from time to time, you know, from time to time, um, the kid doesn't speak the same language as the teacher. And it doesn't matter what you say or, or do, they simply don't understand. Or there is, there is a disconnect between what is being pushed forward. And if you feel deep inside that you have exhausted every single possibility, that you have exhausted every avenue that you could have used to help somebody that works for you. Because, I, you know, this is something that I've seen from time to time that is, is the right person but in the wrong job. You know, some people uh, were put in sales and they were terrible at sales, but then you put them into a management role and they're amazing because they are not, they're more of the executive brand, uh, you know, the executive aptitudes than the sales aptitude. And these are different people. Uh, you know, believe it or not, I mean, you if all you need to do to understand how different two people can be is put a salesperson and put a mechanic side by side. One of them gets paid on how many problems they find. The other one gets paid on how many solutions they generate. Those are two different people. You will find that in often most dealerships, salespeople and mechanics don't truly hang out with each other or they get along because you have two different people here. And this is something that does happen from time to time. It is your responsibility as the head of the organization to set the pace and the culture. And sometimes changing culture has got to be one of the most difficult things that anybody can do. That's why corporate turnaround is something that is very, very difficult to do. But it, as it pertains to your organization, sometimes we hang on to people too long. My old boss from 401 Dixon Eason always said to me, Greg, listen to me. You know, if that person wasn't your friend, would they still be working for you? Ask yourself that question. If they were not your friends, would they still be working for you? And if the answer to that question is a small hesitation, then you have your own answers. Folks, we are going to take a short break. Um, we have the mayor, Mrs. Saga, joining us on the other side of the break. And uh, this is a, you know, it's a pretty important phone call that we're going to have uh, with Mayor Crombie. Uh, we're going to ask about the separation of the two cities. And um, there's a lot of questions here that we have for her. I'm super happy to uh, to have her here. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And uh, before you buy a car, you know where to go. Come and see me. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Darcy Tucker here. And if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show.
we're back. If you're just tuning in, folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends, believe it or not. You know, we, we have to have something to brag about. It's, it's, it's wonderful. But also, we are Canada's largest automotive radio show that has expanded into all sorts of different topics. You know, we, we talk lifestyle. We talk philosophy. We talk HR. We talk politics from time to time. And uh, this morning, I am very, very happy uh, that I'm going to do someone Super important, especially for all the wonderful people of Mississauga, where we happen to be broadcasting from. And uh, Madam Mayor Bonnie Crombie, um, Mayor of Mississauga, is, is joining us this morning. And Bonnie, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show this morning. Greg, thanks so much for having me on this morning. I, uh, you know, Mississauga has been in the news quite, uh, quite a lot over the last couple of weeks after the announcement uh, of Peel being separated. Um, I, I think yeah. that um, I think I speak on behalf of the entire people here that listen to the show, which is almost eighty thousand folks that listen to us every Saturday morning. When I say, what prompted this uh, to take place in the first place? Well, thank you. And let me say that I am very grateful and the premier did the right thing. And I know, as a matter of fact, that other municipalities have come forward to ask him specifically to be separated from their regions as well. There are other uh, cities and towns that asking uh, that they dissolve their regions now because he's uh, shown the leadership and the political will to do the right thing for Mr. And Brampton. So this is a campaign that began with Hazel McCallion back in the early 2000s. She knew from day one that Premier Bill Davis put the region of Peel together so that Mississauga could fund the growth of Brampton in our growth space so that our development charges would go to fund the growth and the building of the infrastructure needed to support uh, Mississauga, Brampton and Caledon. So 70% of the development charges, our development charges, went to support the region appeal to build the water plant, the wastewater treatment plant, the waste plant, et cetera. Um, and that all of us benefited from. Uh, so we were contributing 70 cents on the dollar to the building of that infrastructure, which has a great amount of capacity to expand today. In fact, the water plant has so much capacity we sell water to York Region. That's unbelievable. <laughs> so there's, no question, there's a lot of capacity there. It, it strikes me as, as uh, counterintuitive when the Mayor of Brampton says that we're out of capacity. When if you speak to the employees uh, at those plants, they will tell you that's not the case and he is absolutely wrong. But I understand that's his narrative and that's what he's putting forward. So, based on based on what you just shared with us here, is that still the case that Mississauga is funding seventy percent of the infrastructure of the development of of the region of Peel? In the past ten years, Brampton has gone through their growth phase, and our the number the percentage of share for Mississauga has declined from seventy percent to sixty percent. So it has come down from 70 to 66 to 65 to 63, and today it's 60%, but still the vast majority of share. Brampton only contributes 35% because Caledon uh, contributes 5%. And at the end of the day, what was so inequitable was that we had only 50% of the voting on decisions. So Mm. development proposals would come forward, and it's possible that they were turned down by Brampton and Caledon because they didn't agree they had their their projects that they were promoting. So 
you know, not only did the region, you know, it was a second level of government, so there was a lot of red tape, mm-hmm. a duplication, extra cost in running a second level of government, but it didn't allow us to build and to grow our own municipalities in our own vision. We weren't masters of our own house. We didn't have all the decisions made at one table. So this was very much for Hazel and for myself, because I ran the last election on Mexit, if you recall. Yes, yes. (laughs) On controlling our own destiny, controlling our own destiny. And for the first time, for the first time in 50 years, our tax dollars and our development charge dollars to be reinvested into our priorities and our programs and our services rather than sending them up to the region appeal to fund Brampton and Caledon's growth. You know, Greg, one more thing, because this is the part that really irked my council, is that Mississauga transfers $84 million a year to Brampton uh, for their growth for regional roads for planning and to support their policing costs because policing is assessment-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, Brampton froze their property taxes for four of the five past years. We increased ours responsibly at around the rate of inflation, taking it in consideration that we were still having to transfer money to Brampton. So I don't know any, how any of this was fair or equitable for Mississauga residents and taxpayers. And the notion that there's some large alimony payment to be made to Brampton is completely unfounded, false, and baseless. If there's any alimony payment, it might come from Brampton to Mississauga. <laughs> so the, uh, you know, thank you for bringing that and up because for the, uh, years, for the years of over for the years of over contribution to building the necessary infrastructure for our region. I, Mayor uh, Patrick Brown from Brampton has been very, very vocal in relation to this uh, so-called, and this is between quotation marks alimony payments that Mississauga needs to pay Brampton. I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? Because based on what you just explained to the audience here, this doesn't make any sense. In fact, Brampton should be paying back some monies to Mississauga. What are your thoughts on this? I'm going to quote you. You're absolutely right. The numbers don't lie. What he says is baseless. It's false. And it's simply wrong. Uh, when we open the books to the auditors and the transition board, it is very evident where the funding for that infrastructure has come from. Now, did Brampton contribute 25% of the cost? Well, of course. But their residents all benefited from the building of that infrastructure while we were contributing 70% of the cost. So, you know, I don't know where he gets this, but let, let's We'll, we'll, we'll put that aside and say the numbers don't lie. We will open our books. We're happy uh, that our books will be analyzed. Our reserves will be analyzed. Let the experts come in. Uh, and it, the numbers will speak for themselves. I think that once once the, the books are open and the public gets to see the imbalance that we have had in, this, in, in the region of Peel in relation to contribution, it's going to be a very, very simple task for people once, once they see what the truth is. Now, you know, here is a question for you. When, when you have a second le- level of government, you the, the level of bureaucracy and red tape that gets added onto the day-to-day lives of people like yourself uh, must have a huge impact now but what does this mean to the taxpayers is this dissolution of peel is going to have an actual material impact on the people that live in mississauga as well as brampton so the delivery of their services will be seamless 
No one will notice the difference. In fact, what the region of Peel had provided before, it will appear as though the city of Mississauga is providing today. Um, the, the good news is, uh, well, let, let's talk about two things. Let's talk about who will be delivering those services and okay. what the net impact on the tax bill will be to the residents. So first, who... How will those services now be delivered? And, you know, the, I, even the staff of the region have made uh, proposals on how that can be better executed. Those could be service corporations, much, much like the electricity uh, provider is today. Let's put them into a utility and make it a service based. Uh, pay for service model, much like your electricity is today. The water we provide is some of the cheapest in all of Ontario from Peel region. So people will be delighted to know that and uh, they will continue to pay the same rate, but they would pay it to the corporation that delivers their water rather than to the region of Peel, run by a board, an outside board, an independent board, but with the municipalities being, you know, key owners, and we would perhaps even have a seat on that board, much like we do uh, on the Electra board or on the police board. The municipalities that had owned it uh, and put it into the service corporation would have a seat at the board to in- ensure uh, um, fiscal uh, prudence uh, and uh, uh, judiciary responsibility. So- and then, what's the benefit to taxpayers? Mm-hmm. That's easy. We did a study with Ernst & Young. All three municipalities commissioned it, uh, um, Brampton, Mississauga, Caledon, and they looked at three scenarios. What would happen to the region? What would happen to the taxpayer in the case of amalgamation? What would happen in the case of the status quo uh, if we continue to operate as the region appeal? And thirdly, what would happen in the case of dissolution? Mm -hmm. And what was found that Mississauga voters which I'm here to protect, Mississauga voters would save a billion dollars over a decade. Wow. That's an incredible now, amount be, of money. Now, honestly, it's a credible amount of money. It's, yeah. it's jaw-dropping, jaw-staggering amount of money. So initially, I, I would agree there could be some transition costs as we move everything into the appropriate uh, service corporation. And then there are only savings to be had for our taxpayers. Um, and, and so they will clearly see the benefits of being a standalone city, one that controls our own destiny. You know what else, Greg, was very evident that Mississauga needed to be standalone, and that was during COVID. Now, if you recall, Peel Region was shuttered for a very long period of time. It was. We were in lockdown. Our businesses were closed, yet Halton region was open. And if you realize, Mississauga and Oakville share a border. They do. And we saw Mississauga businesses saw their customers walk across the street to Oakville to those stores that were opened. And they said, how is this fair? And I had to explain that because there's only one public health official because through the region appeal, there was only the one. Mm -hmm. And because of Brampton driving our numbers, the essential workers living in Brampton, driving the numbers, we also had to be in lockdown during COVID and businesses shuttered. Meanwhile, next door, Halton was open. So our businesses at that time realized 
We needed to have our own public health officer. We needed to be our own city to control our own destiny. So, you know, Bonnie, this this begs the question for me, and, 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 and please um, forgive me for digressing. Um, over the last few years, we have seen a rise in crime, uh, you know, all across North America, uh, you know, Southern Ontario specifically. Um, what happens to Peel Regional Police? Because that was a, that was a function uh, of the region. So, so what would happen? The Peel Regional Police is a gem, and we are so blessed to have them protecting us, making our community safe. And I would add Peel Paramedics as well. These are very efficiently run bodies by an outside independent board on which the mayors and the chair sit on. So, of course, the chair wouldn't be needed and could be an opportunity for more diversity on those boards. I propose that those entities remain intact and same model applies. A service model be- become enacted. So Peel Police remains the same. Peel Paramedics remains the same. However, the funding model now rests on the cities to divide based on the level of service provided to each city. Because right now, Mississauga pays the vast majority of funding for Peel Police. Mm -hmm. We actually pay for much of the policing in Brampton um, because it's assessment-based. And there's no denying, not only do we have a higher population, but we have a much higher revenue base because we have many, many more businesses. We have over 100,000 businesses in Mississauga, this large 75 Fortune 500, 1,400 multinationals. So as you would see, we're an economic powerhouse uh, and have much higher revenue. And it was deemed that the funding of Peel Police, Peel Paramedics, these are assessment-based. Mm-hmm. So because we have the higher assessment, meaning a higher revenue, yep. bring in more money as a city, we over-contribute to the cost of policing. So we actually pay for policing in Brampton. And so that, of course, would change. And when it became a service model, Brampton would have to pay their fair share of whatever they use, they would pay for. And whatever we use, we would pay for. And there would have to be some consideration to the fact that, yes, we have the water unit as well, which makes rescues, boat rescues um, on the lake. And, of course, that would probably lie or become our responsibility. You know, how how noble of a concept that you pay for what you use for. It seems like it hasn't been the case Doesn't for a it make, uh, it, it just makes sense. Oh. It makes sense for everyone. And I understand in the beginning, Bill Davis wanted a, a mechanism to fund the, the regional growth and use the growth of Mississauga to do so. Hazel resented it from day one and fought it from day one. It caused a lot of acrimony between them mm-hmm. and always resented the premier for it. But this premier has tried to right that wrong and do the right thing for our residents and has the political will to do so. He tried to do it in his first term. Um, and wasn't, you know, they put it aside uh, for whatever reasons. But now he's come back and he said, let's do the right thing now. It's the right time. Um, and I know he's looking at uh, doing so for other reasons as well. But other cities have come forward and said, look, you just made Mississauga, Brampton, an independent city. We want to be an independent city, too. Could you do that for us as well? So he has done the right thing. He has now given us more fairness and equity for our taxpayers. Our tax dollars and our development charge dollars will now go to fund our own growth and our own programs and services, which they hadn't been doing before. And let's be honest, Mississauga is a very different stage in our development oh, for than sure. the other two cities. For sure. Um, you know, Brampton is still undergoing their growth phase. Caledon is a smaller rural community that is only starting to 
think about where their growth will go. So, you know, Bonnie, right? sorry, a- sorry to interrupt you. Um, I, you know, that you brought this, uh, the, the city up because this was part of, you know, when I was thinking about the questions that I wanted to ask you this morning. You see, Mississauga is an absolute mammoth. You know, there was, there was so much, um, so many businesses, the, the, the growth, the people is, is, is a thriving community. Brampton is going through their growing stages right now and they're going through their growing pains as well. But Caledon, Caledon is the smallest one of, of the cities. How will this affect Caledon? Because they don't have the revenue. They don't have the infrastructure yet. So how do you see that playing out? So this is an excellent question. And as you know, Caledon was dissolved as well from the region and they're standalone today. But I know that the Premier is looking at different options for Caledon as well, perhaps being joined in York region, Dufferin region. There are many, many options for Caledon. And I know there have been meetings with the mayor and that growth who's a fantastic mayor, by the way, has the residents of the uh, municipality of Caledon at her heart and will do the best thing and the right thing for him. And there have been for them and there have been discussions with the premier uh, on, you know, what direction uh, Caledon should go. So that is next on the list of items that the premier has to tackle doing what's right for Caledon. Well, I, I think that uh, conversations uh, with with the premier are something that's going to have to happen during the transition process. But I trust that common sense is now uh, invading, <laughs> uh, you know, Ontario politics, and uh, the right decisions will be made. But you know, I, Bonnie, I wanted to switch gears a little bit because um, I I understand that uh, you may be running for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party in the next election. Uh, is is that the case? It's a very good question, and it's something I need to come to terms with because people from across the province have approached me. Um, they have respect and admiration for the work that I do in Mississauga, the way I govern. That I'm a sorry that I that I'm a true centrist, um, and you know I'm fiscally responsible. Uh, I'm socially progressive, but in addition to that, you know uh, I'm very transparent and accountable. And, p- and very direct, people always know where they stand with me. And they very much admire my management style, my fiscal responsibility, um, and my transparency. And they, and they said, you know, they, these are the kind of skills that, that we need, uh, the kind of confidence we would have in someone to be the leader of the next Liberal Party. Um, and so on that encouragement from people across the province, I've, I've had to pause and, and really... You know, come to terms with is this the direction I want to go? You know, I love my city. I will always fight for Mississauga. I will be there for Mississauga to see us through this process. But to be honest, at the end of the day, and this will be now passed off to the accountants and the lawyers uh, and the the executive team. uh, And so I have every confidence that I have the best expert in on my staff and the right thing will continue to be done for Mississauga. So just based on people's encouragement, I have to understand if it's the right thing for me to do. Uh, I enjoy my job, as you know. I love my people. Uh, but if I'm the person that could make the change and create a more affordable Ontario, uh, one where everyone has an equal opportunity to succeed, where there's more transparency and accountability and decisions that are being made, then I, it's something I need to consider. Now, there are other very fine candidates in the race right now, mm-hmm. uh, and they're a little bit ahead of me in the process. So it's possible that 
you know, they're so far ahead, I couldn't possibly even win this race, so no point to enter. Um, but, you know, this is something over the next few weeks uh, I will be giving a lot of thought and consideration to and meeting meeting people across the province and having those discussions. You know, it's something that I use on, on, on my own personal life and in, my, in the companies that I have, that results are the only proof of ability. You, you may have many wonderful candidates, but which one has the track record of success? Because, you know, success is a habit. Eventually, it just becomes what you do. Uh, but the question that I had for you is this, um, and, and forgive my ignorance in relation to, you know, uh, provincial politics. If you if you run for the leadership of the Ontario Liberal Party, would you have to resign your position as the mayor of Mississauga? Uh, and if you, if you don't, how would you balance? Because that that would be a pretty busy life, Bonnie. So uh, there will be. Uh, um, I wouldn't have to resign unless I put my name forward and ultimately won. Uh, so the winner isn't being announced until December. Um, and, you know, right now I'm in the exploratory phase, speaking to people, going out and meeting people on my own time, evenings and weekends. Everyone knows how hard I work and that I'm at every possible event. And there may be some cutting back of some events while I speak to people in other towns and municipalities. And if there comes a time where it's, it's too difficult to do both, I would take a leave. Um, but clearly, if I put my name forward and ultimately won in December, I would not attempt to do both jobs. I would be committed to a new direction that would benefit not only the city of Mississauga, but all the residents of Ontario and the taxpayers of Ontario and would resign at that time. There would be no question I would attempt to do the job of a leader of a political party and mayor of the great city of the greatest city of Canada, Mississauga, <laughs> um, at the same time. <laughs> Have you, uh, let's say, that uh, we, we look into the future five, six, seven, eight years into the future and uh, you you win the uh, the leadership of the Liberal Party here in Ontario. Has federal politics ever, uh, you know, appear on your radar? Um, I was a federal member mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very honored to have, have had that experience um, and, you know, enjoyed my time there. Uh, and did, I think, some incredible work for the riding of Streetsville while I was a federal Liberal member at that time. But that is not my path. Uh, I committed myself to municipal politics. And now there's a calling for me to consider whether I could run the, the province of Ontario. And so that is the opportunity I'm looking at, whether I could be the right person with my leadership skills, my steady strong, experienced leadership skills to come into this race to right the wrongs and help make our province more affordable where everyone has an equal opportunity to succeed. Um, Madam Mayor, thank you so much for the incredible conversation this morning. I, you know, I, I would like to extend an open invitation uh, that if at any point you want to communicate something to the the city of Mississauga or honestly to the province at large, because we, we, we get uploaded into the actual web and people from all over the province will listen to this to this message. You are welcome to come anytime to the Carrasco Show here and you will have a platform for us to have this open open and, health, and healthy Thank conversation. You. Thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Thank Show you. this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And please be sure when you're interviewing Mayor Brown, now that you have the background 
please challenge him on the numbers that he has been putting forward because they're false. They're inaccurate. If there's any alimony payment to be made, it'll be coming to Mississauga. It won't be coming to Brampton. And that's a clear fact. And the staff at the Region Appeal are very much aware of the capacity that it does exist that we paid for to build um, over the past 50 years. So thank you for this opportunity. I really enjoyed it and I look forward to speaking to you again. Thank you so much and have an amazing, amazing weekend. That was Mayor Bonnie Cranberry, everyone. That was an awesome conversation, Jacob. I'm very, very happy with that. Now... Now we need to try to get Mr. Patrick Brown here and see if we can uh, if we can get a, a an exchange into this uh, into this numbers. What do you think? Yeah, we'll work on it. Uh, you know, we uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get them on at some point. Yeah, we'll 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 reach out to them. But uh, we got to take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And um, don't forget, we are we are live. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. Call us. We'll be right back after this break. told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons and now we have to listen to this guy my name's Lily and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show it is time for Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on the boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. You know I'm bad at communication. It's the hardest thing for me to do, and it's it. It's the most important part that relationships will go through. What in heaven's name is this? <laughs> it's it's they're called Haim or Haim. What? All right, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, what is this? That's fine. Who, it's a song. Who are they? <laughs> they're a, they're a band. Uh, it's three sisters. I don't know. I think it's a good song. I like that song. Uh, why? Why do you think? No wonder you don't like eighties music. <laughs> fine. Okay. Fine. I see. I see how it is. I see how it is. No. Where are they from? Who are they? Are they're, they Canadian? they're three sisters. No, no. They're from California. Okay. Um. They're pretty big. I think they started in like the indie music scene, and they're kind of like an alternative rock group. I don't like a lot of bands in that genre, but I, I just like that song. To be honest. Oh yeah. Hold on a second. Did I just start playing my phone? You know, I want you to um, if you if you don't mind, um, we we had um. 
Uh, we had some new members come into uh, the jiu-jitsu school a couple of days ago, and uh, there, there's a couple, and the lady and the couple is uh, the the person in charge of uh, marketing and merch for this band called Harm and Ease. I think that we opened the show with uh, uh, with one of their songs. We did. Yeah, can you find another song for uh, so we can play again? Because uh, I, I listened to that song; it was it was pretty good at the beginning of the show. So I want to play another one of their okay. songs to see if you can find one. You got it. But. Uh, I uh, I got a message this week, uh, folks. And by the way, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. And this is Canada's largest radio show on weekends. So I got a message from my uh, good friend Jacob here, uh, the... Um the virtuoso, the producing virtuoso, because he is a he's a one man show here, Jacob, uh, saying that the um, Saga nine sixty, the mighty Saga nine sixty, uh, for the first time was pushing forward a comedy show, and uh, the debut is on June first, on uh, in just a couple of days from now, and. Uh, uh, this is a it's a it's a departure from what what Saga usually does, and uh, the show is called "Who Does Improv Anyways." <laughs> so we are uh, who is the host of the show? So we have our friend Matt Duffy here joining us. Hey, Matt, thank you for uh, joining the Carrasco Show. How are you? Hey, Greg. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, easy transition from politics into improv comedy. The, Smooth. <laughs> some may say it's the same thing, <laughs> especially if you Absolutely. look at the at the federal level, right? So yeah, what, what made you uh, decide to do a, a radio show about comedy and how, how does this work? I mean, what is, what is the show about? Oh, that's a well, well, great question that I will not answer. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the show, uh, it's called uh, Who Does Improv Anyway? It's an extremely original title. Uh, no one's ever heard of a show called uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, it's based on a British show. Uh, so I, uh, I've lived all over the world. Uh, and when I was uh, a kid, I lived in Munich, Germany. And one of the uh, shows that I fell in love with was uh, Whose Line Is It? Uh, and that was where amazing uh, show. anybody's familiar with amazing show, dude. Yeah, the American show <laughs> hilarious. Very, uh, did uh, Colin Mockery, Ryan Stiles, Greg Proops, uh, Wayne Brady. But there was a British version, first of all, uh, which uh, Greg Proops, Colin, and Ryan also started on. Um, and I loved that show to death. Uh, and I'm a big fan of Clive Anderson, who was the original host there, and uh, a lot of the British players like Tony Slattery and uh, John Sessions. Um, and it actually originally started, before it went to BBC television, it started as a radio show. And uh, if anybody, listeners might know a guy named Stephen Fry, he was uh, oh, yeah. on the, who's the British version uh, on the radio. Uh, anyways, uh, all this is formulating, and I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian in Toronto. And um, I decided to experiment to see if audiences would like if uh, I did something live for them with uh, comedians that I know uh, in the vein of Who's Line. Um, and, uh, yeah, audiences really dug it. And uh, I ended up recording some of the shows that we, I, I do. I run a weekly show in, uh, in Toronto uh, at the Cameron House and uh, put those together as audio episodes. And then I reached out to you guys because uh, I'm a fan of Saga 960 AM. And, uh, yeah, uh, one thing led to another, and now I'm here. 
Next thing you know, you have a comedy show on the mighty Saga 960. You know, dude, I was I was reading your uh, your bio here, and you've been around, man. White TV, Disney, Nickelodeon, and and to name a few, uh, you you've been entertaining for a very very long time. I mean, what got you started on this? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, actively involved in uh, media. I guess oof, I hate to say it. I guess eighteen years now. Uh, yeah, uh, it started. Uh, I got interested in making films. I, I so many uh, people. I was like, I'm going to be the next Tarantino, and uh, especially you know in Canada, <laughs> that's such a possibility. Uh, so, yeah, but I ended up sure. making some short films. Uh, and ended up getting into the Italian International Film Festival and then eventually uh, got work in various places. Like you said, I, I worked for Nickelodeon, YTV, um, ABC Spark. I worked for Disney. Uh, and I, I've even, I have dabbled in politics as well. Do you uh, have? Doing what? Working, uh, I've done some campaign management. Uh, I've worked on campaigns, uh, helping with uh, marketing and, and things like that. Always, always on the campaign side. Yeah. The, uh, um, but yeah, and then uh, I've been doing stand-up uh, actively since 2018, um, and yeah, just uh, I love making people laugh, uh, and uh, this show I think should be a lot of fun. Now, if you if you were to describe your type of comedy, some some people you know do social awareness comedy, some people do slapstick you know comedy. Some what what sort of comedy is that that uh, that that describes you? Uh, you know, Matt Duffy. What 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 is it that uh, um, that drives you? Oh, uh, well, I guess uh, making people laugh, that's number one. I, <laughs> I like making people think a little bit as well, uh, you know, about certain social topics, uh, a little bit of politics, not too much, you know, keep a little bit of light. Uh, also, just uh, expressing my frustration with the world. Uh, I think everyone can relate to a little bit of frustration. Like, you know, you get your trail mix and there's just not enough raisins in it. Like uh, hard hitting stuff like that. <laughs> what is, what are some of the biggest frustrations other than raisins right now? Can you share with us some of, some of the things that are really irking you? <laughs> things that are really irking me right now. Oh, uh, people that ride their bicycles on sidewalks. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a sidewalk it's in the name it's not the side ride it's a sidewalk <laughs> but they can't really go on the road man that's pretty dangerous <laughs> <laughs> I know <laughs> the, uh, it is dangerous out there I I, I, I feel for uh, bicyclists well uh, you know we um, um now this are these shows going to be live or are they going to be pre-recorded or you are you know recording live events and then just running it on the on on Saga 960 how what is the format going to be like Yeah so we record the show live uh, every week uh and uh, so what it is it's an edited down version of the live show so again like this is it's an unscripted it's unhinged it's hysterical it's 100% historical. It's an adventure into improv comedy where uh, the performers that I, I have our assembled cast, uh, Matt Barham, Noel Gibbs, Brandon Craigs, uh, Joala Bakwani, and Andy Brown, um, and they go through all these different crazy scenarios, these silly games that I come up with, uh, and then I grade them on each uh, game that they play of a score from 1 to 100, and at the end, I tally up the scores, and whoever has the highest score is the winner. And they win... Absolutely nothing. Uh, that's it's a great prize. Uh, 
they also win bragging rights over their fellow performers because uh, they all they all hate each other. They they don't get along. They just <laughs> uh, they want to beat each other so badly. No, they, we're we're very happy group of people. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Then we have guest stars uh, that come in and play. Like we recently had uh, Naomi Senecas. Uh People would probably recognize her from uh, Mr. D. Uh-huh. Uh, she was in Saw. She was in Saw 3D, and um, if anybody has any kids out there, uh, there's the Disney Channel's uh, Zombies movies. Uh, she's in that as well. So if, if people want to cast the show live, where do they go see it? If you would love to catch it live, we'd love to see your uh, lovely, beautiful faces at the Cameron House. Uh, it's at 408 uh, Queen Street West. That's in right downtown Toronto. It's at Queen and Spadina. Uh, yeah, it's Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock uh, that we record it. That's, uh, that's amazing. Now, is there any other place where people can find you, Matt? Um, you know, just to, you know, I'm going to give you a full plug in here. Where can people find Matt Duffy, the host of Who Does Improv Anyways? Oh, well, yes. Uh, the best place probably to find me would be on the old Instagram. Uh, you can find me at Matt Duffy Comedy. Um, that's, I'm always there. <laughs> yes. And uh, you can also follow, uh, so my stand-up comedy, uh, I run a stand-up comedy shows as well, uh, known as The Friend Zone. Uh-huh. And you can find me on Instagram as well, at The Friend Zone Comedy. And then uh, Who Does Improv Anyway? Uh, that's it at who does improv anyway on Instagram as well so it, this is going to be happening on June 1st is, uh, is, is that a specific day of the week that is going to happen every week yeah so every Thursday on Saga 9:60 a.m. at 8 p.m. Uh, the show will be airing it's going to be airing for an hour then and then also there'll be repeats on Saturday and Sunday that's amazing uh, folks that is Matt Duffy host of the Who Does Improv Anyways uh, the, the brand new comic uh, comedy show here on Saga 960 and uh, dude you can come on the show anytime and if you have an event that you want to uh, promote you can just drop by and say hello and we'll, we'll send all the listeners to come and see you thank you so much for joining the Carrasco show this morning and uh, I don't think that you're going to need luck I think that you're going to need some ears to listen to the show on uh, on Thursdays at 8pm here uh, thank you for joining the Carrasco show this morning Matt oh, thank you so much Greg and uh, thank you so much for uh, all the stuff that you do and uh, you have an amazing show and uh, thank you again so much for having me thanks brother that was, uh, well, I think that we, we got to tune in. Uh, there aren't very many comedy uh, radio shows left out there anymore. I, uh, are you going to be involved with it at all, uh, Jacob? Um, just from an editing standpoint, yeah, but uh, n- not really. But, I mean, me and Matt have kind of been de- developing the show together. Oh, have you? Yeah, we have been, yeah. It's I mean, it's, it's mostly him, but I've been kind of there from the start to see it along the way so you know it's, it's, it's nice to see i'm excited for thursday for sure it's um you know it's amazing when you work in a project and you you know you see it developing and now you are presenting the the, the fallen product onto the public and see see how that turns out now i don't know if i told you this i actually and this is totally coincidental uh i started improv comedy classes a couple weeks ago just full coincidence it wasn't like matt it's nope just complete coincidence that I happened to start taking classes a few weeks ago. I did it when I was a kid. Uh-huh. When I was like uh, 11, 12 years old, I did it for a couple of years. And then I was just like, you know, wanting something new to try again. So I signed up. <laughs> That's so unbelievably random. And I know. I know. How how does that even work? Like, I, I am one of the least funny humans on the planet. <laughs> so how, what would drive you to take classes to be funny? So it's not... 
I, I the way I look at improv at the level that I'm taking it as is it's not so much you're trying to develop something to be funny. Uh-huh. Uh, it's it's kind of more of just a way of of thinking. Uh, it gets you thinking on your toes. Um, in a way that I just don't think many other activities can. Because the, th- the, the whole point of improv is you can never say no to someone. You have to say yes and try and develop the idea. Okay. And you have to kind of feed off of the same ideas that people who are around you are giving. Give me an, uh, an example. Uh, oh... Uh, I think well, of anything. Okay. We played yeah. a game in our first class. And again, I've had one class. So yeah. more to come, obviously. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we played a game where uh, there was three people in a group. And uh, someone had to throw out an idea for a party. Okay. And no matter what they said, uh, whoever was going next had to say, yes, that's great because, and you had to give a bunch of reasons why that idea was so great and then come up with your own idea. So your answer is half dependent on what the person before you had said. Interesting. Yeah. And do you find that that flexes your, you know, your gray matter in a different way than other things? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and, and look, and, and and the other thing that's great about it is when you go into an improv class and you're in this kind of, environment everyone knows the goal is uh, you have to have teamwork Mm -hmm. it really develops your teamwork skills to be in an improv group and because you're dependent on the other people uh, and because of that you have to be willing to uh, continue any kind of discourse that the person before you starts Uh, you have to have an open mind so because of that there's just an overwhelming amount of positivity i found that was that, that that was in the class because you can't really, you can't say no, right? It's amazing the the how much your perspective on life changes when you start saying yes more often. Isn't there a movie about yeah. that that you say yes to everything, yes man or something? Probably there's there's probably. a movie about that. Um, I I find that fascinating. I I, I do feel often that uh, what we do here on the show is something similar because we have to fill three hours worth of content, and uh, it doesn't matter what the callers will throw our way. I don't have the liberty of saying, no, I don't want to talk about this. I mean, technically we could. I guess we can, you know, we can pretend we're getting disconnected, you know, and you can always hang up on somebody, which we've done in the past or the the music comes along and, uh, (laughs) you know. No, not the the other one. Twilight Zone. This one here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's what usually happens. But uh, uh, I, I do find it fascinating. I I can't say that I I, I haven't thought about it in, in, in the sense that it would be fun to take one of those classes uh, simply because of what can come out on the other side. Uh, I think that creativity is something that we don't embrace very often as, as a society because we are so unbelievably self-conscious and uh, we, we just don't do it. But I'm, I'm very I'm very proud of you, dude. Thank you. Thank that's you. Uh, that's fascinating. Folks, the phone lines are open. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. Now we have the hour of the grievances. I mean, if there is something that is irking you, like uh, Matt said like earlier, bikes. like bikes on the sidewalk, <laughs> you are, if there is something that's bothering you, if, if there is something that you need to take off your chest, this is the show. I have very, very broad shoulders. I will listen to you. Nobody else does, but I will listen to you. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We're going to take a short break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And those who know, they come and see me before they buy anything. 
Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. When I cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. All Americans, it is with the utmost of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, Ho, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the up. I guess even back then you yeah, could There you go You totally redeemed yourself with the next song Best rapper of all time uh, Do you think so? Yeah that's, uh, That is He's my favorite rapper of all time I think he's the best of all time Hove Hove is the goat nah, I don't know I don't know about that I think Eminem is No Come on No 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 Yeah Or no. Kendrick Lamar maybe Ken- Kendrick is valid Eminem no Eminem has so- Eminem has released Undoubtedly, he has released a lot of fantastic music. He has released more bad music over the course of his career than good music. Like, he has not released... Because he's continued to release stuff over the last, like, decade and a half, and none of it has been good. Whereas Jay-Z has not released as much music, but everything he has released has been quite, quite good. What was the last thing that he released that was good? 444. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Now, uh, folks, we have a pile of callers on the line, and uh, unfortunately, you guys are not putting their, your names or the topics that you want to talk about in the system, and it's very difficult to identify you. For example, we're going to go to a caller right now that uh, we don't know a name or the topic. I know that you are on the line right now, uh, you know, caller. Thank you for calling the Carrasco Show. How can we help you this morning? Hello? You see, this is a problem. You know, they don't know that we're talking to them. Are you on hold uh, for the Carrasco show, madam or sir? I don't know who that is. They're gone. Yeah, just hang yeah, up. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we have Glenn on the other uh, on on the phone. Glenn, thank you for calling the Carrasco show, man. How can I help you? Hey, Greg. How are you? I'm good, man. Um, I bought a car. I bought a friend to your uh, store. Oh, yeah. I, you know, ago. I remember Ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I bought him that to get a, a Nissan. And oh. he ended up getting a Ford Focus at I, a Nissan store. I know, man. I know. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways, the thing is, this is what, he got the car. He loved it. He, I don't know. He loves that car. Anyways, he had an issue with it maybe the same week. And I know, I, I know I, everything I, about it. <laughs> you know what? You guys did an amazing job. I mean, the car is fit. He loves it. He's, he's and no problem. I couldn't believe it. You know, I um, this is this is one of the things that is 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 virtually impossible, Glenn, for me to communicate to people on an accurate way uh, without sounding self-serving. Uh, but uh, there is such a level of safety and security that comes with buying vehicles from me because I won't let people down. I won't do it. Like um, this, um, this friends of Glenn that came and bought a vehicle from us. They they came to initially to buy an Nissan, but they ended up buying a Ford Focus, and. Um, 
within a week or so after they took the used car because it's impossible to predict whether a used car is going to last a week or 10 years. We, we can't predict those things. Um, I don't know if the engine went or the transmission went. Which one of the two went, uh, Glenn? Do you know? Yeah, it was the transmission. Yeah, it was a full-on transmission. And I'm thinking, holy smoke, that's gonna, yeah, it's going to be thousands of dollars. I'm thinking, oh boy. It was. It was close to $5,000. And when they call me... Uh, they said, Greg, you know, these people just bought a vehicle from us. They are uh, friends of one of the listeners of the show. The transmission went, um, what should we do? The only answer that came out of my mouth is do the right thing. <laughs> this is, there is not a discussion here. This, this isn't a discussion. But, uh, yeah, we, we did fix the vehicle. Uh, and I'm, I, I hope that everything is taken care of. And uh, uh, um, thank you so much for bringing them to the store. I can tell you this. If that happened anywhere else, that wouldn't have been the case. Well, that was the problem. My friends were worried. They're saying, oh, here we go. You never buy a used car because you're never going to get any kind of service. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not what we do, man. But, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to bring this, uh, these people to us. And uh, uh, we do need to give you something. Um, I, I got to think about it. Um, you know, so if we, <laughs> if we have all your contact information here, uh, we may be able to reach out to them. Do we have it, Jacob? Yeah, hey, we wait, do. Okay. One more quick question. Yes, sir. What, uh, my, wife, my wife bought a, a Hyundai from you years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she got the extended warranty. Yep. Now it's it's been it's been over with. Now she wants to know if she if she can get the money back for that extended warranty. Did she ever use she it? Use it. No. Okay, so she doesn't get the whole money back, but she does get. I believe it's up to two thousand dollars back. That's what I understand. Wow. Yes. So news. yeah, it is. So now I don't know what the particulars are in this, you know, in this specific case. But I would reach back to the dealer where you where you bought it from. You bought it from Thornhill Hyundai, no? Oh yeah, that's the place. Yeah, so you better f- go back to Thornhill, speak to one of the business managers there, tell him that uh, you the warranty has already expired and you never use it, and that you want to apply for the uh, uh, for the money's back. Now, if, if if I'm not if I remember correctly, you got to remember this was years ago. Um, that was part of the process that we had for all those warranties back in the day. So you know you don't get to lose all the money if you don't use the warranty. So you get the protection and you get some of your money back at the end. So reach out to them. And uh, depending on what the uh, the answer is, just reach back to me and I'll try to help you. Sounds great, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, brother. And uh, have an amazing weekend. Thank you so much for your support. And, uh, you know, the Carrasco Show loves you back. Uh, who else do we have on the line? We have uh, Ruth Mary. Yes, we do. Ruth Mary. Oh. How are you this morning? Bye, Greg. Uh, not the greatest, but uh, I'm calling with regards to health care. And as you know, I'm very vocal uh-huh. and I'm getting worse. <laughs> I'm a diabetic and I'm type 1. And uh, the government of Ontario is starting to change things that are not that um, healthy for us. Uh, with regards to eye examinations, I am a diabetic type 1. My eyes are in excellent shape. I'm the lady that, or the woman that had the knee replacement and what else I have. Yeah, yeah. And, and with regards to our eyes, we, if you have your eyes are in great shape, which mine are, mine have even got better. I guess it's because I eat well and I, you know, look after my body. My body's my temple. Now I can't go for a two years. 
to get my eyes done, and uh, which is not very good uh, because your eyes can change within a year with diabetes. Um, I phone up my MP. I, I, I won't say any. I can't say who it is, anyways, and I, I should. But they all they do is change. They never. I don't know who they talk to. Um, and that's what I said to her. Who do you go to? Do you not understand? Eyes can change. If you do have an issue with your eyes as a diabetic, you know, glaucoma, other sick eye. So you don't see a solution to this, eh? Don't make me. You, I, I enjoy your show. You let people speak. Uh, where other, yeah, no, other stations, and you're very honest. And one day, I will be done. Have you got an allergy or a cold? Um. And no, nobody. Um, and then my insulin that we take, we now are getting insulin that's going to be um, uh, synthetically made, or I don't know. First of all, I want to know what's in it. Yeah. We're all going to be changed, and uh, you can't get any answers. And um, I, I gonna, don't excited. know how to help. Oh, well, <laughs> no, just for uh, individuals to know, if they're diabetic type 1, uh-huh. they may under they may find out. Uh, I, I just went through it, and then one examination, I'm a senior, a young one, I don't have any gray hair. <laughs> Nobody can understand him. And, and um, I had to pay $55. I said, why do I have to pay that? That's, uh... You know, that's money coming, and especially what we're, we're living in. It's, um, no, but I speak up, Greg, and um, I, I'm, I, I'm getting very tired with what's going on. And uh, with the government of Canada, they're not my government. <laughs> uh, I hear you. Thank you so much for the phone call, Ruth Mary. And I, I, I'm sorry that I don't have the answers for you. That I was a grievance. I don't. Uh, I don't see any solution. <laughs> to... <laughs> it is the hour of the grievances. That definitely was a grievance. <laughs> That was a that was a grievance for sure. Do you have any do you have any grievances? Oh, do I have any grievances? <laughs> Off the top of my head, no. But I'll, I'll, let me let me try and think of one. Do you have a grievance? Uh, allergies this year have yeah. been awful. Awful. I honestly, I I I don't remember uh, seeing allergies this bad as I've seen them this year. It's been nonstop. You know, I, I just parked my car outside. I come out and, you know, there's a layer of yellow, you know, just pollen there, you know, everywhere on the deck. On It's just everywhere. Um, the um, uh, I, I have another grievance. Um, family doctors. You can't find these guys. Mm. They, it's like trying to find a worker at Home Depot. They play hide and seek with you. Then the moment they see, they see you come in, they all hide. <laughs> They're all busy doing other things. It's the same thing with family doctors in Ontario. What is happening with the healthcare, dude? You know, if I want to see my family doctor and I want to do an actual physical, I get a physical done, I have to book a year and a half in hey, advance. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm far better off going to... Florida and get enough <laughs> physical yeah. done yeah. and pay for it yeah. and get it done the same day. 
Like, how does that even work? And, you know, we, we brag to the world that we have free healthcare. No, we don't. Well, and then the, the, the flip side of that is then you got people who say, oh, it's not worth my time and energy. And there's so many people I know who haven't gone for physicals in years, well, years, which is not good for you. It's not good for you. And uh, I, I have to say that I'm one of those uh, people that are guilty of it. I got my physicals done yearly for a very long time and at some point you know my my doctor became too good for uh the people and uh, they they have this um a uh, walking clinics that they open on the weekend and uh it's a first come first serve so people will show up at 6 30 in the wow. morning outside wow. on the parking lot and then it's literally three minutes you're in you're out you're in you're out what you what's your problem you're in you're out give me your health card boom swipe you're in you're out it's like what is this yeah how can you do a proper physical in three you minutes? Can, you, you can't. You cannot. Yeah. And, you know, every time that I've booked a physical, it's a year and a half from now. Dude, I forget meetings that I have coming tomorrow, man. A year and a half from now? I don't even know if I'm going to be alive. I have been seriously considering uh, joining this. Uh, <clears throat> it's a second tier or... Um, a second level of healthcare, I think it's called MedCan. I don't know if you've ever yeah. heard of it. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. about MedCan, yeah. Yeah, so they charge you $3,500 a year. That's what they charge you to be a member. And they have specialists. Uh, they do the physicals. They do everything at once. Is is something that I'm seriously considering for myself and my person. Um, because I don't think that this is the, the, the level of healthcare and attention that we are getting at the, at the local level is creating the backlog that you see happening at emergency rooms. I've said this before. Emergency room right now are filled with people with paper cuts. So the people that have actual emergencies have to wait six, seven, eight hours just to be seen. Yeah, I used to I used to date someone who she her family was part of MedCan and uh I have to go for MRIs. Back then I used to have to go for MRIs yearly. Now I have to go for them every 2 years. Uh but when I first needed to start getting MRIs, the wait was 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 crazy. There's such a long delayed wait for any kind of medical imaging, but uh yeah, with 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 MedCan this person she was just able right away if she ever needed anything boom just like that uh and i just i know that the ford government and i think this has kind of gone out of the news but they were at one point considering considering and i think they are going through with the uh the the the, the tier two uh, yes i think they're going through with it but, you know uh, look man i think that uh for the amount of money that i pay in taxes they should throw out the red carpet when I go to the emergency room, man. <laughs> well, that doesn't happen. You know, that's this is the reason we, uh, you know, we steal from a few to pay for the other ones. You know, that whole Robin Hood situation that we have going on here in Canada. If you're going to do well in any way, shape or form, you will pay more because that's what you're supposed to. You know, let's just punish performance. That's what we do. But un unfortunately, you don't get any benefits on this because... When when the time comes and you actually need to lean on the actual medical system, dude, man, I'll I'll sign me off. I'll buy private insurance. Sign me off. Yeah, no, it's hard to blame you for that. Yeah, uh, sign me right off. I'm off. You know, just get me off the system. I'll I'll take my money out. You know, I'll I won't contribute to your uh you know health to your free. I won't pay into your free healthcare, which is the ironic part behind it. Uh, and uh, I will find my own insurance. Um, what what we have right now is an absolute disaster. Um, you know. The healthcare system in Canada is probably the biggest hole in our boat, other than, 
the exploding size of the bureaucracy and the liberal government that we have right now. But I don't want to talk politics. I want to talk healthcare. I can't find a doctor, dude. You know, honestly, I go to the walk-in clinic and the guys are very nice, man. I'm, you know, some doctors are very nice. I say, where is your family doctor? I said, dude, I haven't seen that dude in two years. Mm. I call. They don't even have an answering machine. Mm. Please don't leave a message. Just call back. Like, like, yeah, I have nothing better to do. Because your life is more important. And I still remember when, when I became a patient of this doctor about, I don't know, close to 20 years ago now. He says, you know, your time is just as important as mine. Really? You, you will never wait in my practice. Sure. That lasted for like a month. <laughs> now, now, man, I can't even find him. It's too bad, man. It's too bad because, you know, once you actually get to talk to this dude, he's a really, really good doctor and he's a nice guy. But at some point, it's more about the money and not about the patient. And that's something that needs to change. Uh, you know, what about those noble professions in which we had to look after the patient first? I do struggle a little bit with my, and I've been very lucky to have throughout my life when I was a kid. And, and now I think I've had very, very good family doctors. Uh, but one thing that I have noticed with my, ever since I, uh, like five, six years ago, stopped seeing my pediatrician and uh, went, started going to another MD is uh, the admin staff are, are, are not good. And uh, I find myself often getting different timelines if I want to book an appointment with my uh, with the admin staff yeah. versus if I just email the doctor directly. Oh, suddenly now I can see you in, in a month instead of seven, eight months. Like I just, it just seems to be such a disconnect between the, the admin and the, and the doctor. It, it is. And, uh, and unfortunately, you have, uh, you know, uh, a not cohesive health history. Because now you're going to see all these random people and nobody knows what the hell is happening between one doctor's office and the next one. Uh, and some people they just don't even take walk-ins anymore. You know, they have a few thousand patients. You know, they have the regular occurrence, you know, all hip that is, gets, because that's the first thing that happens, man. They just run the card. You know, once they run the card, you don't even have to stay. We don't care. We literally don't care. And that's, that's something that we, we need to change somehow. I wish that we had the option to opt out. I wish that we had a government that would give you a transparency in the sense of the portion of your taxes that go towards X. There is a portion of your taxes that go towards the police. There's a portion of your taxes that go towards the fire department. There is a portion of your taxes that go towards schools, healthcare. And then you on your taxes at the end of the year, you can literally say mm, opt out because I would opt out the Canadian educational system and mm, I would opt out of the healthcare system because anybody in the right mind should not be sending their kids to school in the condition of the schools today. Yeah, but I worry. I, I get it. But but don't you worry that there will be a little bit more not corruption. That's not the right word, but like someone who who is a doctor why would that person then not choose to put a hundred percent of their taxes towards the healthcare system? And I think you've got so many more people working in the. Hold on a second. Let's take a short. We need. We need to take a short break. Let's take a short break, and I want you to elaborate on what you're saying because I'm not understanding it. Um, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We're going to take a short break. Two eight nine two seven five ninety six hundred is the phone number. We'll be right back. <laughs> Oh, 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 
This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Touch of your hand makes my pulse react. And it's only the thrill for me, girl, I possess a trap. It's physical, only logical. You must try to ignore that in me, You see, this song came out in 1984. You know, I, I just literally found out that she had passed away uh, a few days ago. Oh, you just found out now? Yeah, I just found out. Yeah. I, like, I literally don't read the news. I don't. Uh, I try to stay away from nonsense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's she Wednesday, was, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so long, Tina Turner. She was an absolute beast. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, she was sick for a long time, but, uh, you know, some amazing songs that she had. She was a superhero, man. She uh, she had to deal with a lot of stuff in her lifetime, and, and, and she triumphed through it all. She's she's in, a very inspiring person. Yeah, I, uh, I she she came on my radar back in the 80s on the uh, Mad Max, um, the uh, Beyond the Thunderdome, you know, that song, We Don't Need Another Hero. That's uh, that's when I became a fan, but she was just a phenomenal singer. Um you know, another one of the greatest gone, but uh, she was 83. I didn't realize that she was that old, you know. Well, because her, her career started in the 50s. Like, that's, she was around for a long time. That's a, that's crazy, yeah. man. That is crazy. Uh, but anyways, you were saying earlier, <clears throat> excuse me, that uh, why wouldn't anybody opt out of 100% on the healthcare benefit, you know, before we went on the break? Yeah, so uh, don't you worry about people just who work in an industry to then just say, hey, I'm going to put 100% of my tax money in that industry. No, like, no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I, I think that uh, there is a breakdown of everybody's individual taxes and uh, a portion of those taxes go towards certain um, areas of society. I mean, uh, as part of the infrastructure. Right. But that is a set amount. Right. You know, just because you make more money doesn't mean that you can opt out to pay more or pay less in relation to that. Um, I... You, uh, but that's I thought that was your point was you should be able to pick and choose how much you no okay I, I should be able to pick and choose what I participate or not. So if I participate in a benefit from from society, like if I don't want to oh. participate uh, on the healthcare system or the fraud that we call the healthcare system here in Canada, um, that I can just pull out, not pay the portion of the taxes Got that it. goes towards that. And the same thing with the education system. Like I I don't I don't know anybody in the right mind that should be sending their kids to school today in the current environment. Um, but uh, un- unfortunately, it's not something that we get an option. You know, it's funny. We we always say that we live in a free society, but have you ever tried not paying taxes? <laughs> See what happens? Jail. Huh? Jail. Well, it's the same thing that would happen in the medieval times with the feudal lords. You know, they would let the you... what? Feudal? Feudal? Oh, what's, yeah. what's feudal? You know, the... Um, you know, in... in, in <laughs> You never heard of this before? No. Yeah, in, in medieval times, you would have lords that would own the land, and um, 
They were called the, the feudal lords, and uh, they will let people work the land, but uh, you know the crops and whatever was produced in the land, they got the lion's share of the production. Mm. So people would end up essentially living, working for you know for for free forever, just to make those lords richer. It's just the only thing that we are replacing right now is just that now we have a government that we need to work towards for them to spend our money, and if we don't give it to them, they'll take it. You know, it's, it's, it's something that doesn't change. Now, how, you know, this is a question that I had for you the other day, and I, I forgot to ask you, how do you feel towards the monarchy? And I know that this is a long conversation that at some point we're going to have, but um, I'd like the idea of King Charles. I think that there is a place for the monarchy. What are your thoughts on it? You know what? I, I, I don't. <clears throat> I'll be honest, I don't really know. I think I'm impartial just because I've never really looked into it. I think I like the idea of the tradition behind it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kings and queens, and, and, and obviously we are a, a, a British colony, just keeping with our tradition of having that kind of a, a, a queen or king figure. Um, but in terms of the actual political implications of it, uh, you know, I don't think that Queen... Uh, Elizabeth really did much, and I don't anticipate King Charles actually having much of an impact. But, uh, you know, I don't exactly know. I don't. That's a long way of me saying I don't really. I'm impartial, and I don't really know. You know, I I, I spend a lot of time thinking about these things. And uh, I think I like the idea of kings and queens and emperors. Uh, I think that uh, it's, it's something that um, that has gone amiss you know, over over the last few centuries in which we have rejected the notion of a monarchy or of, or of an empire. Um, and I think that um, a lot of people that are anti-monarchy or anti-empire or, or imperialist efforts uh, are missing the point. You see... Now, let me just take a step back. Yeah. I know that you're someone who believes that someone has to, if they want fame or wealth or whatever, they have to work hard for it. Like, yes. Why 100%. now does King Charles become the most powerful person in, in Canada, one of the most powerful people in the world, really, especially yeah. in Canada and, and the United Kingdom? Uh, what has this person, what has Charles done to now deserve this role well and i think that that is a that is a that is a good question i mean this is what he's been bred for it's like you know why should a thoroughbred you know be winning the races you know some some horses are bred for that you know the royal family uh, are enjoying the fruits of you know centuries and centuries and centuries of accumulated generational wealth and just because at some point some good decisions were made whether it was at the expense of certain people or not you know at this point it becomes immaterial they they were the leaders of the the commonwealth and the reality is this that if you look at all the countries that are part of the Commonwealth uh, through the monarchy, and some people may say that through colonialism, um, and you know, we have a bunch of people on the left that would say that colonialism was a re- terrible thing and so on, and I'm sure we can have that discussion. All countries in the Commonwealth are far wealthier than their siblings brothers and sisters from other countries that were not part of the Commonwealth. So some may argue that the actual socioeconomical status was risen significantly by the involvement of the British Empire over the last 500 years. 
and then some. No, I, I think that uh, what I wanted to say earlier, and that you know, again, you know, we can dissect this for a lot longer in another show, is that I like the idea of a king and a queen or an emperor because we knew who was running things. Now we don't. Mm. Now we don't. We don't know who's pulling the strings. We don't know who is actually calling the shots. You know, we we keep on talking about uh, who is actually running the government, who is calling, you know, all the shots for governments and, you know, and policy and at, at, at any level. And we truly don't know. There are so many questions, you know, I'm... I'm I'm too stupid to understand many things, man. This is way uh, beyond. 50 Cent wrote a song about that. I think 21 Questions, I think it, it was called. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. But, you know, I, this is something that we're going to have to discuss on another show. Folks, thank you so much for entertaining and indulging me yet again on another three hours of radio extravaganza uh, to the Madam Mayor of... Mississauga, Bonnie Crombie, thank you so much for what an amazing interview. Thank you uh, to Matt Duffy for, uh, you know, sharing a little bit of time and on the new comedy show that we have Check it here. Out. Thursday, this Thursday, 8 p.m. Yes, uh, June 1st. Do it. Listen to it. And to everybody that called, thank you so much. Uh, I really couldn't do it without you. And Jacob, you do an amazing job, man. You are a one-man show here. I'm just here for the looks. And my face is perfect for radio, man. We all know this. But uh, for all of you that uh, are looking for a vehicle and you want to make a good decision, you want to be led the right direction, uh, you need to understand that there is only one or two places that you can go and buy the vehicle at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Why, Jacob? There's something happening here. At OakvilleNissan.com. been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out!